Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Arcade Attack. I am once again your host for today, Rob, and with me are Adrian. Get over here. Dylan. Ah, uh, I didn't have a monologue prepared. <laughs> no, neither did I. <laughs> and Keith. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And, uh, yeah. There you go. I'm not so sure. Uh, regular kind of arcade attack followers will know that I'm not part of the social media kind of bit of the group, and I didn't do that kind of thing. But Rob hates social media. Rob despises social media. But never let it be said that I don't put the work in because today we are covering Mortal Kombat the film and Mortal Kombat Annihilation the film. It's not really a game of that, but uh, you know it's bad. You, you know the regulars will know that we've done a series of films in the past, which I've generally hosted and. Uh, yeah, prepping for these takes a lot of work, and that's just the actual watching of the movies. This, like this time, we've actually managed to put two together. Uh, before we start this, how many people have actually seen Mortal Kombat <laughs> and Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Is this is this where we just shame Keith? Shame. I have seen the first one, but it was about twenty years ago. <laughs> that's okay because yeah. Rob will Rob will sort of bring all those lovely memories back for you, won't he? So yes, I'm sure he will. Uh, yeah, me, me and Adrian both have, haven't we, mate? So we yeah, went through the mill. We've done Adrian, it. Oh. You, you watched it once. You watched it with your family, didn't you? Yeah, I watched uh, both with my family. Yeah, so I, <laughs> we sat through it together. They now hate I love you. How... They now hate yeah. you. They've turfed you out into the street, haven't they? Yeah, between this and Double Dragon, I don't really. Like, what, what do your family think of you? Why do they keep doing this? <laughs> They're like, what are you? Why are you doing this? Why do you have to? It's like a, you know, a punishment for all, really. So yeah, I feel bad, but there you go. <laughs> well, uh, without further ado, let's get on to business. Where his question for the three of you? Where did the genesis of the Mortal Kombat film originate? John Tobias. Nope. It was actually a man called Larry Kasanov. He was a producer. He was co-founded Lightstorm Entertainment, which is James Cameron's production company, oh. with uh, Cameron 1990. He had just executive produced True Lies, which I'm sure everyone saw at the cinema. Maybe? Did I say this? Um, no, I, don't no, think I saw I it years after. But it's a great yeah, maybe film. it was out of, our, out of our age range. It is a great film, though. Yeah. Uh, but he'd been visiting Midway Games in 1993 because they produced the Terminator 2 arcade game. Which are a big success, like a real shooter arcade game. Apparently, Kasanov saw Mortal Kombat 2, which they were just pretty much finishing off, and absolutely flipped. Because like, T2 had been huge in the arcades, but Midway reckoned uh, Mortal Kombat, the first game, would outdo it. But um, it didn't really gel with Kasanov's idea that it could be a huge multimedia franchise. Like Kasanov looked at this and just thought, man, this could be not only a game, but also a film, a TV series, like everything. Comics, yep. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's not really that weird an idea because several characters in the existing game, as people will know if they listen to our Mortal Kombat episode, uh, were based on actual movie stars. Johnny Cage was based on Jean-Claude Van Damme, Sonya Blade on Cynthia Rothrock, and Luke Hang on Bruce Lee. Uh, apparently, Van Damme was actually offered the role of Johnny Cage in this, but he turned it down to do Street Fighter. Which... Yeah... Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, he wouldn't know, would he? Which was the better choice back then? Surely he was too drunk to know, wasn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't think dr- uh, drinking was the issue here. Yeah, too high, possibly. <laughs> yeah, 
But uh, yeah, apparently, like Tobias and Boone just thought, "What are you talking about? This is a, a really successful game, video game. That's all this is." And it took quite a bit of convincing, uh, apparently. But um, anyway, like they kind of get down to do it. Uh, Kasanoff finds him a deal with New Line Studios. This is uh, before the Lord of the Rings. New Line ended up doing Lord of the Rings, spent a shed load of money on it, and just cashed out in a massive way. But mm. uh, basically, at this point, it's 1993, 94. Um, they'd been put on the map by Nightmare on Elm Street, like that whole series. It was like New Line, at, I think at the time, were known as the house that Freddy built. But they'd also had a lot of success with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles films, which obviously kind of feeds into this kind of thing. Uh, apparently, that, like they read the script by a guy called Kevin Droney and actually hated it. But they gave him the money anyway. Yeah. Uh, I say like money. Yeah, um, I had a look around, seeing like a little bit of a discrepancy, but generally it was eighteen to twenty million dollar budget. So not really a big budget, even I think in the mid nineties. But you know, I think enough to kind of do a basic film. The original plan was for it to be a hard, like a hard R film, like properly hard R rated, like the games, loads of blood, loads of violence. But New Line wanted something they could sell to 13-year-olds. So it had to be toned down a bit. Um, How did that budget compare to Street Fighter? I can't remember. Street Fighter was $35 million. Mm. Okay. But, Rob, I, I don't know if you're going to correct me, but, well, I've got the two DVD. I bought the DVD to treat myself, and they're both 15. So did they? is that something you're going to talk about? I have a feeling that maybe the US and UK rating system is different. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just kind of t- talking from experience. I, when I was in South Africa, I watched Batman Returns when I was eight years old, and that was a 15 here. Yeah, like, it wasn't a 15 when I watched it. I'm like, this is rub. This ain't a 15. This <laughs> is this is a PG, a 12 at the max. I mean, to kind of take a bit of um, like a uh, a kind of sidestep, uh, like apparently it was related released as a PG in America, but there were a lot of issues in terms of what you could put in a PG and what you could you, know, you had to put in an older film. And apparently, you couldn't ki- you couldn't show anyone being killed on screen, any human beings, it, to get a PG. But you could kill monsters on screen. So obviously, this kind of fed into what they did with the plot and uh, generally where they went. Uh, uh, by the way, before I forget, I should actually credit Hollywood Reporter, which has a really good oral history of the making of Mortal Kombat. I kind of leaned on it a little bit, uh, in addition to other sources while doing the research for this. But um, it's yeah, there that article is very interesting. This film. Obviously, uh, it's theoretically based on the first game, but there are a lot of elements from Mortal Kombat 2 included in it. Um, where was it filmed? Like, uh, they filmed some of the outworld scenes in Thailand, but a lot of the outworld exterior shots were at a disused steel mill in California. And uh, I think like they kind of did some of the stuff in the studio as well, but probably not that much. I mean, there's a pirate ship scene, which you can see really clearly is in like is a studio set because it looks cheap as hell and it's in almost pitch black. So they don't really have to kind of, they're trying to obscure as much of it as possible. But the plot obviously is ripped off from Enter the Dragon. Everyone goes to uh, like this a martial arts tournament in this deserted island, and it's basically run by like this kind of evil guy and all his squad of ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much Enter the Dragon, but with video game characters. Yeah, yeah and, and speaking of those characters, let's get to the casting. Uh, yeah. Probably the biggest name in the film, uh, as I'm sure you guys will know, was Christopher Lambert. Lambert. <laughs> he is Belgian, so I'm going to pronounce it like that instead of Lambert, <laughs> who uh, was cast for Raiden. Obviously, best known for 
Highlander. Highlander. Highlander movies, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, do you know when you say, like, um, best known for, I was like, being a lightning god. Raiden's a lightning god. But then I realised we were talking about <laughs> Christopher Lombard. Sorry. Yeah. He was in a really good... Yeah, you ca- keep talking, guys. Sorry. No, uh, are you going to say Fortress? Cause that's, I, yeah, I, like I was, was going to say... Yeah, I watched that with my uncle and I thought it was a brilliant film. I haven't seen it for years, but I don't think it holds up. But yeah, I thought it was brilliant in that. It's a proper 1am on Channel 5 film, Fortress. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was in that. He was in like this kind of film called Subway, I think, like early Luke Besson film, but it uh, doesn't really matter. He was best known for the Highlander movies, and at this point, he just done the third one, which had flopped big time. Like Highlander 2, The Quickening, it got panned as well, but mm. I think 3 just did not make any money at all. Mm. Uh, he was originally just meant to shoot some close-ups in LA, but, um, because of budgetary reasons. Like They were going to kind of mix that with like wide, I guess, footage of a stunt double, but he like Lambert like said like this is going to look terrible. I'm just going to come to Thailand anyway, even though you're not going to give me any extra money. Uh, so that's what he did, and even paid for the rap party at mm. the end of the film. Like nice. sound guy, yeah. he's like the opposite of Jean Claude Van Damme, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a question: Who is the first choice for Raiden? Christopher I'll Lambert. Give you, I'll give you a clue. He was also the first choice for Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Oh. Do. Um, no, I don't know. Highlander connection? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Oh. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was uh, t- he just fancied playing golf instead of actually just turning up for this. Um, another enough. actor was considered, believe it or not, Danny Glover. Yeah. Could have worked. Could have worked. Mm. Could have worked. Mean, <laughs> like, look, Come the on. character. The character Raiden in the film is of clearly not in the game. He's obviously like East Asian, but he's not East Asian in the film. So really, no, what difference true. does it make? Yeah. No, no, but no, we we, we allow all. He just needs to be wise. Just needs to be wise. Glover long hair. He must have long white With hair. With long white hair, yeah, we could have got him a wig. Well, well, they used a wig anyway, didn't they? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so moving on, who was obviously kind of the main protagonist of the film? It was Luke Kang. Lucan. Protagonist. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, why, though? Yeah. But anyway, carry on. Why? Because <laughs> he is the main protagonist in the Mortal Kombat plot. Game is he or... not? Yeah. yeah. No, He's Gor- supposed to be Gor- the main is character, isn't he? Is he? Oh. Oh, yeah. Just say Gor- No one really cares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Gor- no one cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Liu Kang, you're right. Sorry, he is. So anyway, uh, Liu Kang was played by a girl called Robin Shu. He was a small-time actor, but he actually been a stuntman in Hong Kong action films before moving to the U.S. So he actually could do martial arts, that kind of thing. But there were a lot of people who auditioned. By a lot of people, I mean almost every uh, youngish East Asian actor in Hollywood at that time, mm. including Jason Scott Lee, who'd played Bruce Lee in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Mm. Mm. He'd also been in uh, a film called Rapa Nui, which is probably top ten, one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's by Kevin Reynolds, the guy who directed... Um, I guess dance no not dance with wolves but he did a couple of um Kevin Costner films including Waterworld oh no yeah and he was <laughs> he, he didn't direct to, the postman as well did he he did direct oh, the postman no. as well ah, there you go. <laughs> but uh yeah and he went on to be in the jungle book same year this was released also Dustin Goyen I don't, I'm not sure I pronounced that right, but he was in 21 Jump Street with Johnny Depp, the TV show. Oh. And uh, another actor they considered was Ernie Reyes Jr., who was Prince Tran from Red Sonja. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Bridget uh, Nielsen, they should have all in. <laughs> um, they, they did bring in a Bridget to play Sonia, actress called Bridget Wilson. Best known, <laughs> Close enough. Being, best known for being the wife of Pete Sampras, Pistol Pete. But uh, film wise, yeah. oh, of course, yes, she's in um, Billy Madison, isn't she? As yes, well? yes. <laughs> do you know? Do you remember who she plays in Billy Madison? She's like the yes, crush, the teacher. She's yeah, the yeah. Veronica oh, Vaughn, Mrs. Pete Sampras. Oh, oh, touch the hiney. <laughs> 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 That's what a film. I, we love Billy Madison on yep. here, don't we? Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, she also went on to have roles in I know what you did last summer, wedding the wedding planner and oh. shop girl. What was her role in wedding planner? Um, she was like fourth on the bill, so I'm guessing the best friend of Mortal Enemy. Okay, yeah. maybe she was Matthew McConaughey. Is Matthew McConaughey in that, or is it someone else? It's a Matthew McConaughey type film, so <laughs> he would have been. She would have probably been his bitch wife or something. I say that because that was literally the kind of role. Oh. Yeah. Like bitchy kind of wife. Who's Are you being... talking the Adam Sandler film? That's that's a wedding singer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a lot of films with wedding in. I think we'll. I think yeah, we'll let, sorry, I my think bad. We'll let, I think we'll let Adrian off with that. <laughs> well, isn't Wedding Planner the one with Jennifer Lopez? Is the best wedding planner in the world, and she stop falls talking in love about. Stop talking yeah, about bad know. wedding Move. movies. <laughs> move on. Move. On. Okay. He, okay. I'm going to move on to something interesting. Who was originally cast as Sonya Blade? Bridget Wilson wasn't actually, she had to replace someone. Was it someone she, famous? Uh, she, yes, fam- more famous by far than anyone else in this entire Sharon film. Stone. I think it's Sharon Stone. It's not Sharon Stone. Oh, that was going to be my Someone who guess. was a uh, fresh new actor at the time, in 1994, mm. when this was being made. Ooh. Nope. Nope. Cameron Diaz. Oh. She, yeah. at this point, she just, she obviously had been originally a model, but she'd uh, just finished filming The Mask. And like uh, her agent had been kind of passing around, like kind of like footage of the dailies and going, she's going to be big. You should cast her. And yeah, they actually did cast um, like her for the film. But apparently she broke her wrist during the training for the fight scenes. So they had to replace her. Uh, Bridget Wilson, like Robin Shu, had to audition seven times for her role, which is an insane amount, mm-hmm. like for. Uh, any kind of film basically but like uh apparently like she ended up taking the billy madison role because like they just wouldn't get back to her she thought oh well like uh, whatever and then the day she finished filming billy billy madison they got back in touch with her to go ah we still need this part bill do you want to do it <laughs> can and you she do was kung up- fu they were like bridget can you do kung fu and she was <laughs> like ah give it a go i've got a good backhand Boosh. yeah <laughs> well well like That's uh, her husband, uh, but all right it, the way they structured the filming was she did all her her like kung fu scenes last, so she had plenty of time to train. And she still didn't uh, pull it off. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> Shang, uh, guy cast as Shang Tsung was an actor called Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, uh, best known for a mid-level role in Last Emperor, which won Best Picture at the Oscars in 1987. He was also later in another um, video game film, Tekken. Oh, which I started to get around to watching after it was given to me at Christmas as part of that episode. Oh, are we going to do that? Oh. <laughs> Look at Dylan's face. <laughs> you guys are killing me with this stuff. Seriously. Uh, he was also, and we're going to get to this much later in the episode, uh, in Mortal Kombat Legacy Ooh. as Shang Tsung again. But obviously the series? This was, Is that the series? This was the web series, yeah. Oh, okay. But hmm. it's like 15 years plus down the line. Anyway, moving on. Uh, 
as Katana, they cast Talisa Soto, also originally a model, best known for Being a, a film. I'm sure. I'm sh- a film. I'm sure some, if not all, of you will have seen. Got a license to kill. <laughs> yeah, she was in License to Kill. Mm. She's that's, quite pretty, I have to say. That's she not one of my. That, yeah, that's not one of my favorite Bonds. I've not no seen that. I've not seen that for many moons. No, it's not. It's not one of anyone's favorite Bonds. It's where the guys, where the guy's head blows up. Franchise. Yeah, where, yeah, where the guy's head blows up. That's not very Bond, is it? <laughs> no, but but Talisa Soto is. I thought stun. Was absolutely stunning in this. Um, and yeah. Anyway, moving on. Kano, a guy called Trevor Goddard. No, um, <laughs> miscast. I, Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I, apparently everyone thought he was Australian, even though his accent is virtually Ray Winston. No, I thought he was Australian. Yeah. Hmm. An Australian Ray Winston? I don't know. He sounded like very like uh, faux Cockney to me because oh. he wasn't actually Australian. He was he was British, but um, oh, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> but it was maybe like a Vince Wells Australian thing going on. I don't no. know, man. I don't think anything can save him. But yeah. Carry on. <laughs> uh, and also playing the emperor slash uh, reptile was Frank Welker, who we've mentioned in a previous episode. Um, yeah. yeah, he was uh, one of the Hollywood's all-time great, great voice artists. He was the original Fred in Scooby-Doo. He did Megatron and Soundwave and Transformers. Also several Smurfs and pretty much every high-voiced animal you can think of, from Santa's Little Helper to Arbu in Aladdin to Nibbler on Futurama. <gasps> oh, wow. Proper legend. Nibbler. Uh, yeah. And going on to the director, um, some of the people considered included Rob Cohen, best known, who'd just done Dragon the Bruce Lee story, uh, most famous for doing Fast and the Furious and Triple X. Uh, also, Steve Barron, who we mentioned in the Double Dragon, Dragon episode, like big music video director in the 80s, did Billie Jean take on me? Take like, on me, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the films, so you can kind of tell where he would have mm-hmm. fit in. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it just done Coneheads, which an awful adaptation oh, of a really bad was Dan Aykroyd too. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Dwight Little. Uh, that ring a bell? That name? No. He uh, directed Mark for Death, the Steven Seagal film, oh. and uh, Rapid Fire, which another like dodgy um, kind of early nineties action film. I think I might have had Brandon Lee in, and but also Ground Zero Texas, the game. He directed that. Oh. Like, you know, I do. I haven't had a good play of it yet, but I do. We <laughs> we 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 kind of touched on it briefly in our uh, Mega SG review. Uh, I, the, review. the one thing I didn't say in that review is how good the directing was of that game. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, none of those people were picked. They settled on a guy called Paul W. S. Anderson. I know not, him well. Not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson, the mm-hmm. multi-Oscar winning director. I think he's multi-Oscar winning. He did uh, There Will Be Blood and Boogie Nights and many, many really good Wait, films. Are you being sarcastic, Keith? Do you actually know who this Paul dude is? I do, yeah, because oh. he also directed all the Resident Evil films. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Correct. But at this point, he was uh, not really well known at all. he just done a low budget. And by low budget, I mean like $100,000 budget. Uh, British, British criminal film film called shopping about basically like about ram raiders people who kind of go in cars and drive them into shops to kind of break into like shops and these obviously stolen cars and then like uh, go into the shops and rip them off and do a runner and uh this film was not really well 
I guess, rated at the time, but it was one of those like kind of controversial tabloid films. Mm. So it did okay. Uh, Sean Bean was in it, but it uh, was best known, I guess, looking back, for being Jude Law's Big Break. Oh, he okay. was like really young at that point. Uh, yeah, never really been anything before. And uh, so they settled on him because I guess they wanted someone fresh and kind of interesting. Uh, apparently, he was actually a really big fan of the game. Like he had played the arcade game a lot. Mm. But uh, obviously, he didn't really know anything about directing action or like big budget films. When they actually got down to doing the stunts, he would like was trying to shoot them all in one shot. So all the like stunt people, like ninjas, were getting really tired. And Robin Shu actually I, I had to explain to him like, this is not how you shoot an action film. You kind of you mm-hmm. do like kind of this for the wide shots, and you cut to like a different kind of thing for the close-ups. Mm. If you have to, if you're an actor and you have to tell the director what to do, <laughs> and you're doing it. That doesn't bode well, does it's it? No good sign, is it? That doesn't bode not well. Particularly no. no. Um, yeah, I mean, he paid the actor for saying stepping up. Yeah, but he did actually go on to, as Keith said, do several Resident Evil films, as well as a film that Adrian may have seen. Ooh. Starring Adrian's favorite actor. What, Sliced Alone? Yes. He did Death Race. <laughs> I haven't seen Death Race. I've heard bad things, though. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, as I said earlier, written by a TV writer called Kevin Droney. Um, his last credit, he was in 1999 so obviously again doesn't bode well his last credit was the ring commander film oh with um a friend of the show uh freddie prince jr <laughs> yeah. is he a friend you of the wish, show have you interviewed him you no wish, you wish he was a friend of the show <laughs> but keith regarding the resident evil films i heard when he was directing them they had, they had to get stopped filming all the time because the zombies would come and go that's not how you act as a zombie <laughs> you're supposed to go Rah, brains not there so that's the end. That's why the Resident Evil films never. <laughs> so the stage is set for the actual film. So let's get on to the film. Film starts with the dream sequence, which I think is never a good sign. <laughs> uh, and basically, Liu Kang discovers his brother has died while he's been away in America. Like, man, the state of Liu Kang's mullet is shocking. Did anyone not else think that? Well, I've, I've, I've got quite similar hair now. I can sort of comb down the mullet now. So I'm trying to grow that that hair deal, actually. Your hair is neither long nor fluffy or feathery enough to be like Robin's shoes in this. Give it another few weeks, mate. I'm getting there. I think his hair looks all right. I didn't. I haven't. I mean, coming from Robin's shoes are Adrian's. Luke Hangs are Adrian's. Both both look great. (laughs) Put them together. Put them together, and you've got you know beautifulness. Oh, thank you. You mean beauty? Beauty. (laughs) Beautifulness. 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 I just coined a new word. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, the film basically follows the plot of the game. This is this is like for Keith's benefit and the listeners who haven't actually watched the film. There's a fighting tournament that takes place every 30 years called Mortal Kombat with a K. And if the Outworlders, i.e. Shang Tsung and the bad people, win 10 in a row, uh, they get to take control of Earth. And this is going to be the 10th one mm. they would have won. Uh, somehow it's fate for Liu Kang, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade to be there. It, they never really discuss whether that's due to Raiden or Shang Tsung. It's kind of implied different parts of the film it is one of each of them but uh yeah they all end up here like uh sonya and jacks are chasing kano through this totally 90s underground like nightclub it's so 90s like it's kind of really dark (laughs) and small and they have like ray techno or rave music on it's terrible (laughs) it is bad and like she gets lured onto the art world boat chasing because he goes on there 
Uh, Johnny Cage is shooting a film with the director who's clearly based on Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Apparently, they try to get Steven Spielberg for this, but he obviously <laughs> said, I don't think so. <laughs> How rude of Steven. I, I, you know, come on, mate. Don't you mean, how rude? <laughs> Same problem. Uh, yeah, and Cage is basically lured to the tournament by Shang Tsung, who's like dressed up as some uh, middle old slash middle-aged dude with a beard. And he's like, you know, oh, they don't think you're credible. You have to prove your, you can prove yourself in this tournament. Yeah. And so he agrees it's to like, that. It's like, yes, Stallone, when he made Copland, he's like, you're not credible, Stallone. You've got to do a proper film. Fine, I'll be a cop, you know. Then it didn't really work out for him after that, did it? Too well. <laughs> it took him no. a few more years to get him, you know, a real break again. And uh, yeah, Liu Kang, um, basically, like, he doesn't really need Lauren because they tell him, like, oh, Shang Tsung killed your brother. And he's like, oh, I want to get revenge. Uh, so, like, so they all get on this, like, kind of really creaky old pirate. It looks like a pirate ship. Yeah, pirate, I've got a pirate, pirate ship. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the harbour that's going to take them to this like island tournament. Oh no, but no, one one thing which was quite funny, Rob. Before that, you know, when Johnny Cage was filming the the fight scenes for the film, he was doing all the action films, and he said, "This is where you fall down." And it, the act when the actors didn't fall, it, it just sort of fell down to the floor. I thought that's quite cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, do you know what? I didn't even get on to uh, who played Johnny Cage. I kind of skipped over that to get to Sonya because uh... the name Bridget came up. But uh, it was a guy called Lyndon Ashby. Um, not a big name. He just come off uh, White Earp. The I think um, it's the Kevin Costner film that was released yeah. at the same time as Tombstones, yeah, so no yeah. one really remembers it. Uh, he played one of White's brothers, Morgan Earp. So hmm. yeah, kind of like coming off his biggest role. This was going to be, I guess, another mid-level kind of Hollywood role. I didn't really think he was great in this, but we no, can get onto that in a bit. No. Uh, yeah, so they get on the ship and like they kind of meet Scorpion and Sub Zero, who are like they're ninjas and like they're slaves to Shang Tsung. But uh, before they can attack, Sonya, Liu Kang, and Johnny Cage like Raiden appears out of nowhere and blasts them with lightning. Yeah, and kind of I mean, explain, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? The graphics. Yeah, like uh, and kind of explains the plot to them. They get to the island and just clearly based on the one from Into the Dragon. Um, I'm just going to kind of gloss, gloss over the basic plot because, you know, otherwise we're going to be here the whole night. Yeah, let's gloss it. Yeah, let's but, uh, <laughs> Basically, like, well, just kind of get on to what some of the characters, how some of the characters are represented. Reptile is an actual reptile who basically gets turned into reptile from like a statue, but it's not like, he's not a ninja. He's Adrian, like literally a dinosaur reptile. Adrian Sai just said it all, didn't it? Like, oh. Oh, oh, no, because I think I've said before, reptile is one of my favorite characters within the, the Mortal Kombat universe and they just got it so wrong. So oh. he, he does spit acid in Luke Kang's face, but it's not acid. It's just like phlegm or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Katana's 10,000 year old princess. Uh, Prince Goro, they call him Prince Goro, is if he's talking to Kano at a dinner table. Like, and it turns out Kano was in on it; he's being paid. But mm. man, the prosthetics are all, for Goro are awful. Is like it's an animatronic suit, but apparently the animatronic suit cost a million dollars and still kept breaking down. E- even mm. so, yeah, it's pretty bad. T- I, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to defend it a little bit. I think the Goro suit it w- was not good, but it was better than just CGI. I actually thought. It, it, it wasn't the worst thing in the film. I'm going to defend it a bit. Considering personally. the CGI in both films, I'm going to have to agree with you. It but... wasn't the worst thing in the film. I mean, that is high <laughs> praise. That is, you know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like compared to the CGI in both films, oh, it is uh, the right decision. But uh, 
Yeah, uh, basically, like they actually had to change a couple of the, like I think one particular scene. He was meant to be like in amongst this pond, like near a pond, but they couldn't risk like animatronic suit like malfunctioning and falling in, mm-hmm. so they had to cut the entire scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question: Who did the voice for Goro? Hmm. So uh, you will not may not know the name, but he's been in lots of stuff. Uh, a guy called Kevin Michael Richardson. He uh, did several voices in Family Guy and Young Justice and pretty much every cartoon in the last 15 years. But my two favorites, Principal Lewis and American Dad. Yes, <laughs> love him. Uh, yeah, and hilarious, this is a real thing, Martin Luther King in Rugrats. Uh, 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 no way. Uh, okay. No. Oh, God. I actually saw that credit and I had to look it up online and it's a real thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we'll speak to you. You learn every day. So, moving on. Uh, yeah. The, I thought, like Kevin said, that they basically get to the battles. There's just a, lo- like a load of actual battles between like different people. So, I thought were actually really well choreographed. With re- and you can tell a lot of the people can actually do real martial arts. Like uh, that, they open oh, yeah. like, this guy with dreads, and like he just looks really cool. I think like he's fighting. Is it Liu Kang? In the beginning, yeah, mm. yeah. I wasn't sure that guy, the guy with dreads, was. I don't think he's a real character in the game, was he? But yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah, um, like Sonya fights Kano first of all, mm. and like she has him in a head scissors and breaks his neck after he begs <laughs> no. mercy. Which he's meant to be a cop. That's not. Yeah. I mean, I know it's very mortal, in the spirit of Mortal Kombat, but. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to go into details of every fight because, you know, it'll give people encouragement to actually watch it. But <laughs> um, Johnny Cage fights Scorpion in um, like a, a basic a bamboo forest. And Scorpion just keeps on saying, get over here. Come here. <laughs> I've like, heard. Be... Isn't that Ed Boon that does that voice? Is that right, Rob? Ed Boon does do the voice. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, cool. oh dear. It, it reminded me. Have you seen him? Um, is it the... the... Something Flying Dragons film, kind of that similar setting with the bamboo, but no way as good as um, Arsenal Flying Daggers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No way as cool as that, but you know, it was all right. And they got, didn't they get into a weird portal and get transported? Is that right? No, um, they basically did Scorpion's teleport move, like he teleports, mm-hmm. and all, like weird enough, instead of like throwing a big spear, um, he kind of like it's, it's Ew, weird, it comes organic out of his hand. thing, yeah, yeah, it comes out of his yeah. hand, it's like this kind of monster, it thing looks that's like. like you know the Tremors, the Tremors face? It looks like that. <laughs> it does look like the, a miniature version of the worm from Tremors, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like, I'm not going to go into the plot lines, but basically like the good guys win in the end, and Shang Tsung is killed by being punched onto a floor of spikes, like in the game. Nice. Yeah. That's and it, Mortal Kombat 1 done. No, done. no, no, Dylan, I don't think Sub-Zero <laughs> was, was killed by his own devices, wasn't he? He was stabbed with his own ice, which is quite ironic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, oh, yes, you mean Sub Zero was? Yeah, Sub Zero. Yeah, Sub Zero. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Sub Zero. Now play. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, together. <laughs> no, that's not allowed. You're not allowed to quote that movie in this movie. No. No, but Dylan, when when Scorpion <laughs> dies by the hands of Johnny Cage, uh, Johnny Cage chucks a signed autograph at the body. He does. That? And then it starts burning. It starts burning. To my greatest fan, Johnny Cage. That guy I playing that... Johnny Cage was not good. He was not good. But I'm sure no, we're going to get onto the critical element now. Rob's like, Rob's champing and chomping at the bit. Well, no, but I've got another little thing here. Remember oh. when Johnny fights Goro, apparently in the film, they, they said the word flawless victory many, many times, but that technically was the only flawless victory I've got here because Goro literally didn't hurt Johnny at all. And it all started by a little nifty little punch where down in the, in the nether regions. 
That was yes, good. That was good. Shang, that was good. Shang, the Shang Tsung character is a flawless victory whenever anyone dies. But obviously, it's not really a flawless victory. <laughs> yeah. you know what, I'm, I'm just going to say that bit because it's my favorite bit of the entire film. Sorry, Keith. Spoilers and everything. Oh. <laughs> uh, basically, like, um, Johnny, like uh, Raiden gives everyone a pep talk and Johnny Cage decides like he's going to turn it around. And like uh, he's like, uh, he challenges Goro who's like meant to be unbeatable because he's massive and has four arms. He's literally killing everyone he comes across. <clears throat> yeah, I saw about 15 or 20 just humans being thrown around, wasn't it? Like, yeah, there was a really bad montage where yeah. literally like uh, people <laughs> were just being thrown side to side, left and right. Yeah. It was really bad. Anyway, um, like Johnny Cage challenges him and like everyone's going, you're crazy. He's like, I'm going to turn this around. It's time we took it to them. Mm. And then it comes to Raiden and he goes, hmm, he's learning. <laughs> he's le- the wise man he's learning. he's learning so anyway like they actually get to the uh the fight and johnny cage does something he doesn't he does in the game he, i don't know if he does the split he basically crouches down and just hammers goro right in the ass <laughs> that is a move that is like that is the johnny cage move yeah you, it's proved by the fact you can't do it against sonya so in the first Mortal Kombat, you can't oh, do is that, that split. Is that true? Yeah, he yeah, just kind of does a split and then stands back up again. He doesn't land the punch. Mm. So that is actually a thing. So that was that. The flawless thing might have been really wrong, but the Johnny Cage thing was correct. I thought that was the best bit in the film. But getting on to that, did people think the film was any good? Or rather, how not good did people think the film was? <laughs> it was very uh, not good. Would you like to go into detail? Do you really want me to go into detail? Yeah, Dylan, I want to hear it. You know, spill your guts out, mate. Well, I, I mean, have many notes, and I don't want to be the only one talking, so yes. Cool. I mean, the the casting was half and half, I think. I think um, the girls were probably cast correctly-ish, apart from Mrs. Pete Sampras didn't really know any kung fu, and it looks really, really bad in in a lot of the scenes. Um, but the guys, uh, yeah, Liu Kang, I think... I like, I, I love it when like Shang Tsung says, your soul is mine. He points like, to the screen, doesn't he? Your brother's soul is mine. Your soul that. is and mine. I'm, I'm like, I love how he looks so angry in every scene he's in, even when he's just like meant to be like normal. He's like, grr. Can you imagine? I will drink my tea, grr. grr. I'm angry with this <laughs> cup of tea. Flawless <laughs> victory. My fish fingers, grr. Yeah. <laughs> so the casting was half and half. I thought that the guy who played Cage just, he just missed so many. That, cause that, that it's, it's the perfect opportunity to be kind of witty and, you know, mm. be that kind of comic relief. And, but he just failed like every time. And I was like, Oh, come on, man. Give me something. Give me <laughs> something. There wasn't enough Sub Zero and Scorpion. I think for, for me, when I think of Mortal Kombat, they're like my, my first, two, like, they're, they're my favorite yeah, characters. Definitely. And like Scorpion is like really lame. He has that weird thing that comes out of his hand. He's got cross eye. So you got like cross eyed Scorpion going, with this I thing. I did not even notice that. that. It's totally cross-eyed, man, because he's gone men to have like glass eyes, but because because of the way they've kind of positioned it, it looks like he's got cross eye. So he's even looking at me. He's saying get over here, but he's even talking to me. I don't even know. <laughs> so yeah, there was that, and it it they 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 redeemed themselves a little bit in in um in annihilation with those two. Um, but yeah, just oh. Now that that's was... a controversial opinion. Mm. Uh, we'll come, well, uh, what, we're gonna we'll wait. come to that. We'll come on. to that in Annihilation. We'll come to that. It, it could have been longer. Could have been longer. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, it's just very flimsy, very painful to watch. Uh, I actually prefer Double Dragon. Is, is that saying? Wow, Dylan, mate. Is that saying anything? Yeah. No, I, I think on balance, I 
might have also preferred Double Dragon. Yeah. But uh, Adrian, like, you think differently. Uh, you know what? I was really quite buzzed when they first announced they are going to make a Mortal Kombat film. Uh, I was like, this could be the, the first proper good video game movie it just seemed a bit more adult than street fighter you know the, the, the idea of this film i've seen i saw double dragon recently prior to you know there was quite a lot of buzz about this film wasn't there? everyone's quite excited it could have been quite a special film um and a lot of people do seem to like it on the old interweb but for me personally uh, i found it a bit of a chore to watch i just found yeah the acting was mix and match like dylan said some of it was quite good but a lot of it was very cheesy but i suppose for a video game film you kind of want that kind of pantomime cheesiness but it's got to be really well directed i think you know it's got to be perfect um i didn't there was little bits like there has there's quite a few signature moves within the film so each character kind of showed off the signature moves which is quite nice like, oh that's in the film so we're not in the game so i used to i was like reese pause it that's in the game and i made little <laughs> notes and they're like oh, okay dad whatever um, oh that's in the game and like, oh yeah so they my sons didn't really enjoy it um have they enjoyed any of these mm, <laughs> i'll tell you what they probably they, they probably enjoyed Street Fighter the most out of all of them so far, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, I think Christopher Lambert was good. I think he stole quite a few of the scenes. I quite like him as an actor anyway. Uh, I think he 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 kind of just... He, he just has a bit of oomph about him. But a lot of the actors just, oh, so annoying. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't like it. I enjoyed Double Dragon more as well. So that's quite... I, I think a lot of people might not agree with us for saying that. But we, we've got Fitzkin, didn't we, Dylan and Rob? We're going to say Double Dragon's I mean, the better I mean, we've been film. slagged off more times than what's a face Hopkins. So, you know, we're all right. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I obviously took quite a few notes on this. Um, I think the central problem of the film is that it's almost impossible to find actors who can act and do kung fu. Yeah. The acting is pretty bad across the film. Like, Lambert's maybe the only one with movie star charisma, but he's just like Gandalf the White most of the film like this really obvious wig and he looks and sounds ridiculous yeah like, he doesn't really it's not what i expect of raiden i know adrian likes him but raiden really no wow. he's just like um like a belgian guy in a wig yeah and like raiden looks really cool in the actual game like he has that mm. kind of like hat going over most of his face mm. and he's like most of his face are in darkness and you kind of see those electric eyes well it's just, it's a yeah great look. big trouble in little china they got Obviously, Raiden was taken from that film. They should just sort of base it on that film, shouldn't they? Shouldn't I think? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, yeah, mo- moving on. The effects, obviously, are dodgy. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but there's a bit where Statue turns into, like, Reptile. But Reptile's like a CGI. Ugh. He looks like a mini <laughs> raptor or something. Like, it is worse than anything in Double Dragon. But I think what really looks cheap is some of the sets. Like, everything is dark in yeah. an attempt to, like, kind of cover the seams. So... Uh, like the set design is pretty good. Like apparently the Outworld sets were basically made of like foam and then repainted. Mm. Like kind of, it's like this kind of flexible styrofoam which you can basically make into anything. And they made almost all of the sets from that. Mm. I did quite like how they worked in some like the the game lore, like the flawless victory. Although they did overdo that a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, though, like the script is pretty is really dumb. Like this is bit uh, apparently like it wasn't finished even in pre production and like Anderson director let uh lambert and ashby raiden and cage improvise a fair few of their lines and it really does show yeah. mm-hmm. like uh ed, ed Boon and john tobias thought the film was too quote-unquote funny or mm-hmm. they try to make it too funny and i have to yeah. agree i don't think most of the improvising was remotely funny it was just lame <sighs> like yeah. there's a bit where um 
I think I'm going to take notes here where, uh, like, they're, they're, I think they're um, leering at, I think, Katana. And, like, Sonya's like, oh, stop it. And, like, Johnny Cage is like, we can't help it. It's a guy thing. Oh. It's just awful. Do you know what? When I was watching, I was got, I was, and I w- I've watched Bloodsport quite recently. Have you seen Bloodsport? Do you know what? I'm actually. <laughs> you I, yes, but I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because as of recording, my online social online movies group is actually showing that on Monday. It's already scheduled. Good. And I just think personally, they should have literally just ripped the complete story of Bloodsport, add in the Mortal Kombat characters, maybe make Johnny Cage the, the sort of the main character in it, but obviously had the side characters. Uh, they could have just done that. It would have been really good. You know, literally scene for scene. Bloodsport's a brilliant film. I know it's a bit cheesy, a bit dated, but it's it's perfect. And they could have put more blood in it. You know, more combat should have taken a big risk. And it's it's a kind of more of a sort yeah. of adult sort of feeling than Street Five. You know, I think we've agreed on that before. They could have said, let's do a 15 or even an 18. Let's just go for it and shock the world and do yeah. something very different and not just go, well, let's make a cheesy, family-friendly double dragon street fight. Let's really rip up the rule book. But at that time, there was no rule book for the video game movie um, genre. They mm-hmm. could have done something very bold. Mm-hmm. But I think they sort of took the easy way out and they just played it a bit safe. So it, was, it annoyed me. And I remember buzz, quite buzzing about the film when it was like announced it'd be made. I thought, this could be brilliant. But they got it all wrong. So just for the cheese factor, I prefer Double Dragon. Do you know what, Adrian? That is a very good observation. And I know it's a good observation because it's almost identical to what I said in the Street Fighter episode. <laughs> but, like, Adrian. no, I, I think I, I'm not, I don't agree with the whole idea that because it's based on a video game, it has to be cheesy and silly. Like, uh, that's not what the fans wanted. They have a great concept, and it just feels like they're embarrassed to make it, be making a video game film, so they have to make it stupid. Yeah. Um, I haven't like moving on. I don't think it was filmed well at all. Like, no, uh, it's no. it's not a good looking film. Apparently, there was a lot of drinking on set. <laughs> like, uh, there perhaps... always lots of drinking on these video <laughs> game sets. These video perhaps game movie because sets. people get well. Perhaps because people kept getting hurt during the fight scenes. Like, Bridget Wilson dislocated her shoulder. Lyndon Ashby was uh, urinating blood. Robin Shu <laughs> broke three ribs, and he was meant to be the experienced one in the film. Oh. Wow. Like, having said that, I thought the fight scenes were the best part of the film. Like, uh, like Shu, obviously, had kind of been in Hong Kong, done that. Like, he brought this kind of stunt person expertise. Uh, they, uh, when they first kind of did the initial showings, like, the crowd response was good. They thought, they said, like, we want to see more fighting. So certain bits of the, like, the Johnny Cage Scorpion fight was extended. Like, the second bit where they go into the, like, mm-hmm. teleport into the art world was added afterwards. Uh, as was, I think, another one of the main fights. I can't remember which, um, but basically, like they did that on like post-production shots, and um, I think those like bits uh, they're pretty good. Like Robin Shu apparently choreographed those the other bit later bits himself, and I think that's probably the good bit of the film. I do think it's the film as a whole is too PG to be an accurate representation of the game, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, they couldn't really made it gory because it would have been incredibly tasteless. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, but Rob, the whole point of Mortal Kombat is to sort of finish him, finish him, and that's what really what people are excited about Mortal Kombat, the kind of idea that it's going to be quite gory deaths, Mm -hmm. and they didn't really do that, did they? There was no real finishing moves, was there? So, I don't know. I, I think it would have been worth the gamble. You know, with, with make it a 15 or an 18, personally. Yeah, I certainly think they could, have, they could have done it in a way that would have worked, but I can see why they didn't. They played uh, it safe, mate, basically. I thought the soundtrack was quite decent. Like, um, it came FDM, Fear Factory, Orbital. Like, um, the soundtrack is Hal- really good, yeah. They have Halcyon by Orbital, which is the second film that 
song was in that year. It was also in Hackers. The be- uh, I think it's the beginning of Hackers. Rob, Rob. Anyway. Rob. Yes. Was there a Scooter song on there? I don't think so. Oh, I'm pretty I sure. A- I, like, when I was watching, I might have been Annihilation. <laughs> One of them, I was like, "Hang on, that's that's a scooter song." And like, I remember, I remember Keith many moons ago gave me a scooter mini disc, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that reminds me of this, my my scooter mini disc." Well, anyway, I'll I'll have a look. I'll have a look whilst you guys are chatting and see whether it's on there. Keith looks suitably um, sheepish right now. Yeah, do you remember Slash Keith? You're I have no shame. I love scooter. <laughs> yeah, but what's your views on Mortal Kombat, Keith? Do you remember after you saw it many moons ago? Um, yeah, obviously made a lasting impression. <laughs> I remember very little about it. Very little about it. I was hoping that you guys would like persuade me to go and watch it again. No, so I... far, it's kind of in the balance. I wanted to watch it. Oh, no, so I wanted to enjoy it, but um, sadly didn't. Annihilation yeah. Scooter. Sorry. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, because I looked at the soundtrack, and if I'd seen Scooter, that would have jumped out at me. Uh, but yeah, like that was... The Annihilation the kind of... one's a bit more... Uh, half, Not enough Scooter. Half kind of metal, half kind of... Yeah, it's it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, obviously they have real songs in this film, and it's mixed with a score by a guy called George S. Clinton. Mm. Not the guy who was in Parliament and Funkadelic, George S. Clinton. <laughs> he would uh, go on to do the Austin Powers films, the music for that. And what he basically did for this was he mixed electronic dance with traditional Asian instruments and, like, loads of deep string instruments, like, and brass and percussion, like viola, that kind of thing. Uh, I thought, like, the soundtrack was all right. I thought it kind of worked. And... um the other thing I liked was I liked the way the ending laid the groundwork for a sequel right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm just going to say spoiler alert from here on because, yeah. We've spoiled quite a few things anyway. So. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Citizen Kane, so, you know, just deal mm. with it. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, we'll get on to what the, this ending was when we do the next film. But I'm, I, I'm quite a fan of those kinds of endings. Like... Uh, it was apparently added on to the original version, uh, which was like an ordinary happy, ordinarily ordinary happy ending. And then this one, like everyone's strutting off, going like, "Yeah, we won. The Earth is safe." And then ah. like Shao Kahn appears in the sky and goes, "I'm going to kill all of you and take over Earth." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to yeah. put a dampener on proceedings, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, Mortal Kombat the film. Getting on to uh, the reception. It's released in August 1995. It would have been May, but uh, obviously that to the response to the test screenings led the studio to film extended versions of the fights. Uh, it was Cage vs. Scorpion, also Liu Kang vs. Reptile was the other one. Mm. Uh, yeah, obviously used wire work, which would come into Hollywood big time with The Matrix, and to a certain extent, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, so yeah, $18 million or $20 million budget. There are different figures on Wikipedia and Box Office Mojo, but how do you think it did in the box office? Pretty well, I bet. Right. Purely for the brand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, did a lot better than a right. Um, twenty-three point three million dollar opening weekend, uh-huh. second biggest in August history in America. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Uh, releasing in August turned out to be a great idea because May June was very crowded that year in terms of like big films, but uh, in August it came out of the teen mar- action market. Uh, it was pretty much unopposed at that point. Like, uh, there was almost nothing like kind of coming up against it that really would have competed in that market. And it did really well, like three weeks at the top of the U S box office. Um, again, there are slightly different figures for overall box office takings, but IMDB says 116 million and Wikipedia says 122. Either way, 
great Very figures, good. like a yeah. $20 million uh, film. Soundtrack got to number 10 in the US and went platinum. It's the first uh, electronic dance album to do so in the States. Wow. Like pre Prodigy, pre Chemical Brothers, nice. Mortal Kombat soundtrack. So it would have got higher, but there was no scooter on this particular one. I no think. scooter. Ah, yeah. oh, just a little bit more. So um, I think we can see universally not a critical success either with the actual critics or with the arcade attack critics, but a big commercial success. Like I think people were really hyped for the Mortal Kombat uh, kind of film, and even though obviously. It wasn't as, maybe necessarily as famous as Street Fighter. You could argue that maybe it led itself to a cinematic kind of thing better. And it wasn't as big an embarrassment as Street Fighter in terms of... It was not a, bad, a, good, a well-made film, but it wasn't overtly embarrassing for the most part. No. Mm. No. Um, and if you want to know what John Tobias thinks of the, f- the films, uh, check out the podcast. I asked him about it. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, we won't tell you what he said. You have to listen to his chat. Yeah, yeah. It's cause I can't really remember truthfully what he said. So <laughs> <laughs> have a listen. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the sequel to Mortal Kombat, uh, we have to talk about a couple of other things, uh, both of which are animated. First is Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins, an animated movie brought out to tie in with the Mortal Kombat film. It was also written by Kevin Droney, uh, but the writing man was far worse, which apparently Droney was really irritated that um, everyone kept ad-libbing over his like lines, but haven't seen this. It was probably the right thing to do. I think like Lambert and Ashby were right to like, ad-lib half the first film. Mm-hmm. We're talking like CDI-level animation, oh. like CDI cutscene-level animation with like selected CGI animation for some fight scenes. It just looks completely different to the actual normal animation. It is horrendous. I mean, like, I say uh, this took a lot of prep, but I just could not. Obviously, I did not sit through the entire film. I did, I Even I have limits, but I saw about a five, ten minute clip on YouTube, and it just looked ex- worse than I can possibly describe. Mm. Excruciating, is that it? Worse than excruciating, even. Mm. <laughs> like it, look, it, it does look unwatchable. It's like and having I, reptiles spit acid in your face. That's how it felt watching it. Yes, but my face being my brain, yeah. <laughs> but my, but no, in my in my eyes. But like it was instead of losing the power of eyesight, I regained it. And anyway, I'm not going to go into that. It was <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, but it wasn't the only animated Mortal Kombat thing to to uh, come along at this point. Uh, some of you, and I'm sure some of our listeners might be at least vaguely familiar with Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm in 1996, a, t- a cartoon TV series that was ultra kid-friendly and was absolutely panned. Oh. Uh, lasted one season, but had quite a big voice cast, mm. including uh, Clancy Brown as Raiden. Oh. Yet another Highlander actor. Yeah, he was, yeah. Kurgan. Yeah, he was Kurgan and Highlander. He's yeah. <laughs> also the, uh, the head bad prison guard in Shawshank Redemption. Yep. He's and good in that. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah. My favorite um, basic role, he was in Carnivale. He was like the and the main antagonist in Carnivale. If you haven't seen that, it's no. amazing. HBO show, uh, Nick Stiles in it, so is Clea Duval. It's a fantastic show. He was also the voice of Lex Luthor in New Adventures of Superman and Justice League and Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Also had Brian Toshi from Revenge of the Nerds and Police Academy. And also, and also, uh, he's an, he's Toshi, an American dad. Yeah. He's, he was uh, Liu Kang. 
Uh, Luke Perry was Sub-Zero, believe it or not. Wow. And uh, Ron Perlman, a.k.a. Hellboy, was yeah. Striker. Oh, dear. Yeah, as I say, critically panned. Uh, everyone hated it because it was like a proper kind of Saturday morning cartoon. So there was real morals to it. It wasn't just like there was no death or anything like that. Just like everyone was going, you got to do this. And I don't know if there was a bit at the end of like the show like there was in, say, uh, He-Man or Captain Planet where there's like a two-minute lesson or something where like some kids are doing something bad and like one of the characters goes, Hey, don't run in the road. You get run over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, just absolutely hated, <clears throat> you know, surely you'd think the Mortal Kombat franchise could not get any worse on film, mm. but, yeah. but they somehow but... against all odds, they made a sequel. Uh, well, it wasn't really against all odds. As we said, like, Mortal Kombat was a big hit. So They'd made it was a pretty load much... of money. I mean, they would have been stupid not to do another one. But Yeah, yeah. like uh, Kasanov obviously was... There. This was actually the first. He'd exec produced the James Cameron films, like all the Schwarzenegger stuff, but he had actually directly produced one before Mortal Kombat. Mm. So he was like determined... You know, he Remember, he saw this as like kind of a, being a huge franchise. So I'm pretty sure the merch sales must have been good in the first film as well. He's like, this has got to be a cash cow. We can do this like indefinitely. You've got to do a sequel. So he came back for the second one. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, was he back for the second one? No. Like He went on to do Event Horizon instead, mm. which is quite well renowned now, but was a big flop at the time. Mm, it's a respected film, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a I love that, that film. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah it's still, it was actually critically panned at the time mm. as well. Not, not panned, but like... Misunderstood. It was one, mixed reviews the old chestnut mm. mixed reviews and yeah made a substantial loss and then um went on to do a film called soldier the next year which was a massive money loser even more so uh it's kurt russell is like a futuristic cyborg soldier seen it yeah any good don't remember it yeah but it's yeah it wasn't good yeah there you go 60 million dollar film which yeah, a good deal of money then and just i think it made maybe a third of that back if that just a massive flop, and then obviously went on to the Resident Evil films. For the like, by the way, he says like looking back, he regrets not doing a second Mortal Kombat film. And so actually, the reason he's done all the Resident Evils was he wanted to do, kind of create, he wanted to maintain creative control when doing a franchise, mm. especially one like he, where he was familiar with the source material. Mm. So who is his replacement? Uh, there's no point. You'll never guess it because I had never even heard of him before this. His name is John R. Leonetti. This is his first film as director. Uh, he was then best known for being a cinematographer. Do you know what film uh, he was best known for being a cinematographer for? No. Mortal Kombat. Couldn't <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> make it up, could you? Although he also did do The Mask, to be fair. Uh, another film with promotion. Qu- another film with quite bad cinematography, actually, where everything looks too dark. Uh, it's, it's a really good film, but I don't think the cinematography is really the best bit of that at all uh probably best known these days for doing annabelle the um the haunted doll movie yeah yeah. oh yeah uh so yeah like um hold on yeah hold on a sec actually i think i may have taken the notes wrong let me just um so yeah just talk amongst yourselves because i've realized i've got the same name for the um director and the cinematographer of this film which i is basically for a reason because cinematographer was a guy called matthew f leonetti ah uh 
he was uh, John Arlianetti's older brother and also a cinematographer. Okay. But uh, he had done, I think he was probably better known at this point since he had done Hard to Kill, like legendary Steven Seagal film, Hard to Kill, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Action Jackson, Adrian. Yeah, our yeah. favorite Carl Weathers. He was, that was his big break, wasn't it? Uh, it's not anyone's Carl... favorite favorite Carl Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Carl Weathers' uh, vehicle to make it as a Hollywood sort of front, you know, front leading man. Le- that's the word, leading man. It didn't really work out. Yeah, but uh, he's done a film that is better than both those films put together. And Keith, get ready to be excited. Oh, go on. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. Commando. Wait. Hey. Yes. Really. Yeah, he came, his brother his, his little brother was directing, so he came in to be cinematographer. Oh. Um, they had a bigger budget for this one; it was thirty million dollars. <clears throat> um, so let's get on to the casting. Returning characters, not many actually. Uh, I think it's fair to say zero screw problems from day one. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, uh, uh, Johnny Cage yeah. was back, wasn't he? Is that right? No, no. How oh, was he different? No, oh. and no. they kill him uh, off pretty sharply. No. <laughs> So it's like it's like oh we couldn't get Lyndon Wass's face because he did such a great job in the first one. <laughs> let's get this guy who I've never seen before in my life, and let's just look similar. And let's they look similar. Him. Yeah, and then, yeah. I have no, I have no idea who um the replacement was. Couldn't bother looking it up. But <laughs> Lyndon Ashby was in talks, but he turned it down after reading the script. Ugh. Oh if, yeah, that's it, why he turned it down. Yeah. If okay. this was the finished version, you can't really blame him because, as you say, he's killed after five minutes. Um, <laughs> I but, think yeah, they Rob probably, Sh- I think they probably changed it after he didn't get it or after he didn't go for it. Uh, Robin Shu is back as Liu Kang, and Talisa Soto is back as Katana. But um, yeah, not really many others. Uh, Lambert committed to the film version of Beowulf at this time, which um, I don't know if anyone remembers, but I think that Beowulf is like the dodgy CGI. Not CGI, it was like rotoscoping, I think, version of it. I think mm. maybe Ray Winston's in it. Yeah. Uh, may... anyway, it wasn't so they... very good, was it, Barney? No, he committed to that. So uh, they got a guy called James Ramar instead. Uh, best known for being Ajax in the Warriors. Yes, Ajax. Oh. And he's Literally... also in something girly. Hold on. He's also in, I think he's in Sex and the City or something. Because, because my wife recognized him. She was like, oh, that's Thingy Bob in Sex in the City. I was like, oh, ah. I mean, you know, there's some kudos right off the bat there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at I, this actually point thought, much... I actually thought he was better than Lambert. But I'm, well, sure you really? guys, I'm sure you guys will disagree with me. Yeah. Um, I don't think he has. Well, basically, like he was a C-list. I'm going to be kind of say C-list actor <laughs> at this point. He'd, yeah. been a lo- he'd been a lot of films, like including some famous ones and supporting roles. Like he was in 48 Hours in the Cotton Club. Drugstore Carboy, which is a t- low-budget film, but terrific film, Gus Van Sant. Mm. Um, but, like, always in the supporting roles, like, not really that near the top of the uh, billing. Mm. Last notable film before this was The Phantom, the terrible Billy Zane. No, kind of not the Billy Zane. Oh, fan- no. oh, Billy. Oh, that Why was, Billy? That where he was hard. fifth build. Uh, yeah, um, Sonia was played by someone called Sandra Hess, a virtual unknown who'd uh, basically, like, her only... Re- if you can call it a big break, the film she'd been in before this was uh, she was a female lead in Beastmaster 3, The Eye of Braxis. <laughs> Beastmaster. <laughs> I love it. She, she, <laughs> I, actually, I actually think, I mean, Mrs. Pete Sampras has got a bit more a bit more stage presence than her, but her martial arts is better. Mm, yeah, her I martial, agree with that. Her martial arts is substantially better 
So I actually, yeah, again, I prefer her as well. Do you know my favorite? My favorite actor in the film, Rob, was Jax. Though he was great. Oh no! We'll, we'll get onto that. Uh, we'll get onto that in a minute. But um, he's bad. Oh. Yeah, I actually I have to agree with Dylan on both points. I thought um, Sandra Hess was yeah was not like a proper actress, the same way Bridget Wilson was. But I, I, she wasn't bad. I thought like she was definitely not mm. one of the worst bits of this film. Yeah, she was alright. Uh, in terms of getting onto new characters, Shah Khan was played by a guy called Brian Thompson. He'd been in supporting roles in the likes of Fight Night 2 and Dragonheart. But what is Brian Thompson's best role? I recognise him, but I can't. I can't. Another place Stallone him. film. Oh, um, I definitely recognise him. He must be seen something popular. Is he in a Rambo film? No. Do you want a clue? Yeah. Do you want to hear some dial? Do you want to hear some of his dialogue from the Stallone film? Yeah, go on. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I have to clear my throat here. You won't do it, pig. You won't shoot. Murder is against the law. You have to take me in. If you can. Even I have rights. <laughs> Don't I? Is it big? Judge Dredd? Take me in. <laughs> say I'm insane. Won't they? <laughs> the court is civilized. Isn't it? Pig. Rob is available for all theatre and film appointments you may yep. have in mind. Uh, I can't... I, that was a bad impression. I can't begin to say how magnificent that monologue is. Because he, when... Uh, yeah, in the film Cobra. Of Brian course it's... Night Stalker in Cobra. Yeah, Cobra, yeah. <laughs> you can't stop the new world. Your filthy society will never get rid of people like us. It's breeding them. Cobra's, I mean, Stallone wears the tightest trousers in that film, you see. <laughs> I mean, also his name is Cobra in it. I know, it's brilliant. And he's got the toothpick and the dark glasses. Man, he's badass. Love terrible Cobra. Jerry Harry Ripoff, but it's worth it just for Night Sasha because Brian Thompson's amazing in that film. Um, the, yeah, the original choice for Jax, getting on to him, was uh, Michael Jai White. But he skipped out because he got the lead in Spawn. Another comic book adaptation, oh. uh, very Spawn, famous. Actually, I think Spawn. Com- yeah, Spawn was watchable. I, I I remember that being watchable, but yeah, uh, more watchable than Annihilation. He's probably best known these days for writing and directing a film called Black Dynamite, two thousand nine. Black exploitation, kind of like uh, I guess pastiche. Mm. Uh, the guy who actually played Jax was Saber in American Gladiators. Yeah, brilliant. He is great. I love these metal arms. He's he, just, he always had one. No, but didn't uh, he had loads of one-liners? Didn't he? He had so many good one-liners, but I don't think delivered a single one of them. It was like <laughs> so bad to what they would have been better putting on like Sinbad or someone in there because it was <laughs> just like I was, thinking, was too, yeah. I was thinking, oh, just like beef up Sinbad and put him in it, and just like otherwise, this is this is bad. I couldn't. I couldn't watch anything with Jackson. It was really <laughs> it, bad. It was just really enough. Bad. The guy who played Mataro, like the centaur, was was another. Was also a gladiator. He was Malibu in American Gladiators. Oh, I wow. didn't recognise him. So you needed Wolf. You wanted, would you want Wolf in, a, in a Wolfman? None, none of the so British. Wolfie, guys, what's the time? None of, none of the British gladiators would have got into this. <laughs> just saying something for British gladiators. Jet yeah. might have got in. Jet might Ooh. have gone in. Got in as someone. That would have been good, but no. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, um, like the woman who played the Yellow Power Ranger auditioned for the role of Jade, but uh, went to an ex-model instead. Um, IMDb 
and I'd take this with a massive, massive pinch of salt. IMDb says Sylvester Sloan was approached for the role of Baraka. Oh, wow. I mean, Baraka was in the film for like two minutes. I, I uh, want that to be true. Again, Baraka uh, was a missed opportunity, man. I love Baraka. Yeah, he's actually probably one of my, he's one of my favorite characters. He's one of my favorite really, characters. I mean, today. The Mask, I said, I said to my wife when we were watching it, because she, she watched a bit of it with me, I said, um, that Baraka mask looks like something you'll get from Jester's, which is like the fancy the fancy dress shop in South <laughs> yeah, Florida. Yeah, you to pay about 40 quid for it. Dil, I'm, like, you know? I'm like, you probably get that for about a tenner. <laughs> I like, just stuck this on this guy and given him some big knives, and that's that's meant to be Baraka. Shut up. And underneath the mask was Sly Stallone. You'll never know, mate. And it was Sly. <laughs> Sly had gone to Jester's. He'd come to South Croydon, got the mask, and got the part. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, like as you kind of hint, the, a lot of the costumes were pretty terrible. Apparently, budget constraints meant that a lot of the stunt people had to play multiple roles as well. Oh. Bear in mind, this is like almost double the budget of the first film as well. And there are no name actors in it whatsoever. Did they spend all uh, the money on um, Scorpion doing his little teleport thing? That little kind of like purple crap that kind of just appears and they disappear into. Was that like uh, was that like two million worth? I I actually have no idea. The film, but like the film itself is very much an adaptation of Mortal Kombat three, mm. which came out of the arcades in nineteen ninety five. So like there are a lot of those characters in it. Like we obviously we've mentioned most of them here. But getting onto the plot, um, Keith, are you ready to be excited? Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, crack, so Keith's already like, fallen asleep once. Deep like, breath, he's just, deep he's just, breath, woke, he's just woken up huh? again. <laughs> Stallone is Baraka. What? <laughs> so in the first film, um, Shao Kahn appears in the sky and tells everyone that um, he's going to take over the Earth. Uh, like, and they kind of have a clip of that at the beginning of the film. There's a narration at the beginning. This is Mortal Kombat isn't actually about death, but the preservation of life, which makes me think the filmmakers really didn't understand the source material <laughs> at all. No. They yeah, they said the world was made in six days. But we're gonna oh, s- uh, I'm, g- I'm going to go on to that in a sec, because oh. I've got the exact quote here. Go oh, sorry. <clears throat> At this point, fireballs start coming out of the sky, but they have people in them. Like, I say people, but it's like Kintaro and Ermac and Shiva, the female Goro, like all the bad characters. Yeah. And at this point, Shao Kahn, played by Night Stalker slash Brian Thompson, appears and says, the Earth is created in six days, so too shall it be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, then on the seventh day, mankind shall rest in peace. Oh, I love it. That's, that's a, a good line. line. That's yeah. a good line. Like, Quite biblical, wasn't it, really? Quite dark. Yeah, that's the amazing thing, because like, if you believe in like uh, a Judeo-Christian like singular de- deity, surely like that, that makes no sense. The, the entire concept of this film makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> it's like, because he literally says the Earth is created in six days. But, like, if if there's one, it's just, just it makes no sense whatsoever. There's one of several massive, massive plot holes in this film. <laughs> anyway, um, but it's a, it's a great line. And then, like, all, like, the kind of the bad guys are, like, kind of, <clears throat> like, all, like, standing, like, facing the heroes. And then Sindel appears. You may remember Sindel. Oh man, the, the famous yeah. like the, the like long black white like black and white the long black hair with like do the line Rob, do the line because yeah. has a big white stripe going through it and she like screams and like her hair throws people anyway like she appears and she struts up to where the bad guys are and poses with her hands on the hips <laughs> <laughs> and and doesn't she yeah it's just, like this pose just amazing and like um, Katana says mother. You're alive. And Sindel responds, too bad you will die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I really mean wanna, yeah. it's not really what you want to hear from your mum. 
But but like it's just the timing and delivery of that line is so it's incredible. Yeah. Mother, would you like to catch up for a cup of tea? We haven't seen yourself in ages. Too bad. You will die. <laughs> yeah. But like the pauses between you and Will. <laughs> anyway, like everyone starts fighting and Shah Khan kills Johnny Cage like almost immediately inside the That's first it. five minutes of the film. Which would have been cool, except he just twists his neck. Yeah. Like, did anyone actually remember what Shao Kahn's game Fatality is? No. Uh, was it twisting people's necks? No, he has a massive hammer which he used to like bludgeon people to death. Like he hammer, he oh. like hammers like their head into their body, and there's another one who just like plunges it into their chest, Ooh. and like blood flies everywhere. I noticed actually, Rob. It's a little callback to the first film. In the first film, um, I think Goro breaks his glasses and was like, "Those are five hundred dollar glasses." $5,000 glasses. Oh, was it? And in the second film, when, when Johnny Cage was killed, they showed a little close-up of his broken glasses again. It was quite... Oh, nice know, callback. Quite, oh. I like... Yeah. Nice good, good, good directing there, mate. Good directing. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Shao Kahn disappears and commands a bunch of ninjas to annihilate our heroes because what a combat annihilation. <laughs> and because uh, basically, basically Shao Kahn has decided to bugger the plot of the last film. He's going to merge the outworld with earth or midgard or whatever anyway in the next six days which means everything will be purple and made of like dilapidated stone and also raiden will lose his power because he has no power in the art world so he has to train everyone else to be better now this is basically where like where the plot of the hot film just starts going completely off the rails <laughs> yeah raiden like guys into this wind portal or something where like you're basically in this bit it's like you're in this big metal ball, like one of the power balls in Gladiators, and you could travel to anywhere on Earth through underground tunnels in just like a few hours, and you'll be going so fast, it's like you're standing still. <laughs> my like, my son was watching this, and he's like, I think, is that a hamster ball? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a power ball in Gladiators, and mm. it runs on geothermal power. It's like, what? And like, the irony uh, is, Jax, was he in one of these things? He was later on. So he'd be, very, he'd be the best man for that, wouldn't he, to be fair? <laughs> yes. That is very true, but he is not a fan of them. Uh, at this point, like so much has happened, but we're still less than 10 minutes into the film. Ugh. About half the, movie, half the film is badly edited fights. So you, like, you get Smoke, who gets frozen to death by Sub-Zero, who basically comes out of nowhere, and it's actually the brother of the Sub-Zero in the first film. So you're like he looks like the one in Mortal Kombat three, mm-hmm. yeah. and then like Scorpion appears and he's also alive again now for some reason because Johnny Cage uh, kills him in the first one. I like their but little fight like... scene. I like their little fight scene when um when Sub Zero takes on Scorpion. It's not long enough. I think they're fighting for about mm. ten seconds or something. But I was like, oh, mm. that looks good. That looks tasty. And then it's like, oh, Scorpion so mean, just toasty. disappears. Toasty. <laughs> and then Scorpion disappears. And that was the end of that. So I was like, "Yes, um, kidnaps Katana." So, what were you going to say, Age? Well, Katana's got the fan. I thought that was quite a nice thing, actually. Didn't you notice that in the fighting scene? Mm-hmm. She showed off her fans. But yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Sub Zero is Fort Smoke, and uh, Scorpion kidnaps Katana, and then that's the last we see uh, of either of those characters in the film. They just disappear <laughs> without explanation because they're yeah. trying. They've, they're trying to shoehorn too many characters from Mortal Kombat Three in this. That's where it's kind of gone. It's a bit like a Spider-Man 3. It's like they tried to shoehorn too many characters in. But I think they should have persevered with that Sub-Zero. I quite liked him. But He looked a little bit more graceful and a bit more wise. And his yeah, younger and his brother, older brother. was a bit better and it was just a bit better. And then, okay, and 10 seconds. he made a bridge, like, didn't he? He made a bridge for them. Made a bridge. He made a bridge out of ice that looked like 
dodgy styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to walk on that. But can you imagine? Walk over the bridge. Sure it's, it's quite safe. That's probably why the bridge actually did break in the film. <laughs> oh, Rob. Rob, talk, you can talk about the, the jacks bit, my favourite bit. Talk about jacks. Possibly, uh, because at this point, Raiden takes Sonya to find Jackson a military base. He's in this lab. Like, by the way, where is everyone on the super high-tech military base? Like, they the just all disappeared. Yeah. There's literally no one else there. It's just Jacks. <laughs> He's had, like, cybernetic arm attachments fitted. And, um, like, uh, Sonya says, what have you done to yourself this time? This <laughs> time? Jacks. What does he do to himself? <laughs> His old shenanigans. What's he yeah. done this time? They just don't don't explain that at all and there are now like purple fire portals in the sky all over earth now but no actual people around but rob when jacks uh, when jacks looked at his arms i love it he says i wish i had these babies back in high school <laughs> uh, no you, you don't imagine, mate could you what would he, he'll get into serious trouble in high school wouldn't he with those bad boys he wouldn't be allowed yeah. to play any sport because he'd just be disqualified from having robot arms so <laughs> i love I it i don't know what he's expecting to do at high school but yeah Apparently, when, when, not feel anyone up because no, because he's got metal things on his hands. What subject would he be good at? Like, he'd, he'd be quite good at DT, wouldn't he? But I'd be able to bend metal and stuff like that. Oh, shot put! He'd be good at shot put. No, but he'd be disqualified yeah. for not being a human. Mm. Ah, so he can't. Yeah, he, he can just do shot put by himself. Equal rights for cyborgs. <laughs> Equal yeah. rights for cyborgs. Uh, Keith, he's not a cyborg. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, At the end, no, let's wait. We'll wait to that bit, won't we, Rob? Yeah, it's it's not like it is in the game where he actually has his arms get ripped off and he has to have metal ones fitted. These are just like attachments. Oh, like um, I I don't think I go into I was I'm not going to go into detail, but basically his arc is at the end of the film. Uh, he gets one of them ripped off and then he rips the other one off because Raiden has told him like you have to learn to be confident. In yeah, yourself. he said your right. arms are your biggest weakness. Well, that's a that's got a few layers to it. That that you know. Mm. He had to learn to fight without his metal arms. Jackson, um, yeah, Jackson. The film. Sorry, you were going to say. Yeah, I was going to say when Sonya, I think, killed a few bad guys. You know, I think um, she she hit um, she hit someone into the fire, and he was like, "Damn, you barbecued his ass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackson in this film is a proper '90s black stereotype character. His dialogue is all stuff like "Yeah," now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, and when he smashes the dragon later, I don't know if you can talk about that bit. He smashes the dragon down like a whack a mole. Do you remember that bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and when I think I can't remember who it is, one of the evil women gets angry. He's like, "That must have been a bad hair day." <laughs> no, that, that's what happens. Like Sindel appears. That's, that's oh, probably my favorite line in the film. Oh. Cinder is like, um, "I've hold on a sec. I've got the exact quotes here. My notes further down." Um, uh yeah, like uh, well, he like Jack basically Sindel appears out of nowhere and, sc- and like does her screaming thing, and Jack says maybe this babe's having a bad hair day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Jack. He's so sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was awful, but anyway, uh yes, this is when Cyrax, the yellow robot, suddenly oh, appears and they let's fight. Let's not him. talk about the robots. <laughs> it's meant to be metal. He looks like a ble- like he's made out of a blend of plastic and papier mache. <laughs> And like during this fight, Sonya and Jax fall in fake slow motion. <laughs> like it's like it's meant to be slow motion, but it actually looks like they're doing a Baywatch thing where it's kind of fake slow motion. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. And they actually organize the scenes. There's like a, there's a small fire in the background and like flammable stuff lying around. 
like thermal uh, thermal powder. So as soon as you can do a kiss of death fatality. Yeah, no. there you go. This yeah. feels really forced. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. Forced. But no, I quite like the callbacks to the, the games. But yeah, that was the most forced one actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you say that. I mean, at this point, Nightwolf appears because oh, Raiden has told like Liu Kang he's got to go on a spirit journey or something, and Nightwolf throws a spirit axe at him, and like uh, that makes Knocks him hallucinate, out. and it gives You've him got like to do three uh, challenges. Is that yeah, right? Three challenges, but it, but there's actually only one. Well, no, and, there's uh, technically two. Okay. Uh, um, no, what's the first one again? So, but basically, the reason he has to do that is to awake his animality. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> yeah. So shoehorned. Anyway, no, this wasn't the second one to team up with Jade. Wasn't that the second test? I thought that was the only one. Oh, I thought he had to learn animality, and then t- the second one was to trust Jade and no, team the, up. The three tests are going to unlock his animality. Oh, so literally, just there was only one test. Yeah, he wakes up in this clearing where it's snowing and he comes across Jade who like seduces him right away because she's wearing a two-piece bikini. Like that's not <laughs> suspicious at all in like when when snow is falling everywhere. But then like she starts kicking his ass. And then like but he kind of manages to win, but it turns out it was just a test and she'll lead him to the like the elder deities who can saw like all this kind of stuff with mm. the merging worlds out. Uh yeah. yeah, anyway, I'm kind of I'm dashing through the plot line because there is a lot of plot in this and yeah. Yeah, uh, you don't need to yeah, you 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 really can skim this one. Yeah, basically like uh Jackson Sonia fight Molina and there's some and some like horrifically fake CGI monstrosity, which uh, I'm pretty sure wasn't even in the actual game. Oh Wait, no, talks... what the hell was that thing? I don't know. It was <laughs> awful. I don't even know. It was like it looked like this it looked like cross between the Raptors and Jurassic Park and you know like in Lawnmower Man, the CGI in that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. the well, VR yeah. CGI. It looked like those have been mixed together. Oh, God. Anyway, like, uh, Raiden talks to the elder deities, who are basically just disembodied voices representing a fire, wind, and I guess one of them was meant to be water, but it just looks like liquid mercury. They all just look like <laughs> little tornadoes, don't they? Yeah. Three There's like, lots of rushing around and more fights, and it turns out the Shao Kahn and Raiden are brothers. Yeah, because yeah, there's, sure. there's finally like a big showdown between the good guys and bad guys, and just the ending is unbelievably dumb. And I'll get to that in the next section when you talk about how bad was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Adrian, let's start with you. Um, do you know what? Uh, it was stupid. It was rubbish. It was silly. It was childish and dumb. But in a funny way, I kind of enjoyed it. A bit. Yeah, but in a weird <laughs> way, I think it, it, it definitely got into the realm of so bad it's good. Whereas I think the first film tried what? to be a bit... Adrian? <laughs> no, I, no, for pure enjoyment, I actually thought it was stupid but funny. Um, and like I said, I quite like Jax and these crazy one-liners. <laughs> so, in a funny way, I'm not saying the film's necessarily better than the first Mortal Kombat, but I actually kind of enjoyed it in a very silly, goofball way. Hmm. Me? <laughs> me, on the <laughs> other hand, uh, I think it deserves every one of those rotten tomatoes it got. Jesus, this is one of the worst things I've ever had to witness with my eyes and my ears and my mind. Um, I never, ever want to relive it. This is really painful. Thanks, Rob. Can you go into detail? Thanks, buddy. I've said most of what I have to say about it as as, as we've been kind of going along, haven't I? Um, But it just, none of it holds together. It looks terrible. There are, there are some redeeming bits, like obviously Sonya and, um, 
Liu Kang's all right in the and it's just and redeeming is being kind here, but redeem, I do get what you yeah, mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think I I I prefer the the new raid, and that's about it. That's really about it. Everything else is just it's just a travesty, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a stone yeah. cold travesty. I don't have anything else to say. Sorry. This this uh here's here's a question. How since you two both seen it relatively recently, uh, have you, you actually looked up what the film time is? It's long, mm. isn't it? How how long would you you guess it is? It felt about five hours. No, no, an <laughs> hour, hour and a half. I thought. Okay, is that long? That's not that long. No, it was about hour fifty, I think, wasn't it? Uh, Fifty-two hours. Um, I actually I looked it up. This is an eighty-five minute film, but it was Whoa. the longest eighty-five minute film I've ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> like yeah. at one point, I decided to make sure, like, check to make sure I'd reached the halfway point, but it turned out the film was barely twenty minutes in. Oh. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> like, because so much happens in t- terms of plot, but none of it makes any sense. And like, literally, <laughs> yeah, true. half the film is just fight. What scenes. about the bit with the bestiality? What bit? This the the whole kind of crux of so it. You mean animality? Animality. <laughs> that's it. Oops! Oops! Kids, uh, kids, kids, please just erase what Dylan just said and replace that with. <laughs> Animality. Bestiality. <laughs> 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 You've not, stop, stop saying it, Rob. Stop saying it. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that would have been a different film. That would have been a different rating. But um, anibestiality. Uh, <laughs> that whole because isn't it night? Oh, the werewolfy one. Nightwolf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Says, "Oh, you must find your inner animal or something." Yucky says, lines. "Animality." He, he does. does animality. It's and a then, funny word. And then Liu Kang finds it, and he turns into some weird-ass um, dragon thing. Like in the game. Uh, like in the game. Like in the game. Uh, but then that bit's over really quickly, and then they go back to being humans, and then so that was that was short, short-lived, that bit. And uh, yeah, it's just, again, they tried to shoehorn too many things in. If they'd have kept it more streamlined, kept more Sub-Zero, more Scorpion, kept, you know, the, the, the plot a little bit simpler, I think they would have got away with it. But they just haven't. They just haven't. This is just, it's, it's a stone cold atrocity. I can't, I can't say anything, anything else. If Keith, I may go, Keith, if I, Keith, go and watch it now. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. You're not selling it to me. If I may go into detail on this, because. Please don't. I, no, just I did actually watch this, um, last night. I tried to watch it the night before but um i just couldn't get through it also i was very drunk but i couldn't i just could not get through it but um i watched it last night and in a wider sense it might actually be the most incompetently made hollywood film i've ever seen <laughs> and <laughs> rob's seen a lot of movies guys like and a lot of bad movies rob's like, seen uh, a lot, yeah he's seen everything man so. but rob I mean, do you not kind of think it does get into that so bad it's good realm not really i mean like no! we kind of Chance it does. I mean, let me let me kind of explain this, like what I, I'm kind of getting at. As we've kind of already covered, the budget was only five million dollars less than Street Fighter. It was like three years before, mm. and Street Fighter had actual Hollywood actors in the cast, like Van Damme. Obviously, was a big name that pay him a lot. But also, you know, like Raul Julia, like Wes Studi, Kylie Minogue. Like yeah. these are kind of name people, and you know, like they had Stephen E. D'Souza doing the script. He must have like cost a good amount to do these are actually people who and i think he was directed whatever anyway like um they actually spent money in that mortal combat annihilation did not spend money in any of this all like the money should be up on screen but it's actually the reverse i mean if i can go through each bit like in the film and why it's so bad 
Uh, I'm going to start with the editing, which seems feels like a weird place to start, but it actually might be the worst editing I've ever seen in a film of any budget whatsoever. Not as bad as Battlefield Earth, surely. Have you I seen haven't seen Battlefield Earth. You haven't? But, um... Okay, well, we have to, we'll have to reserve judgment then. But yeah, go on. But, I mean, like, uh, just I've never seen anything like it. It's the... The editing, especially in the fight scenes, are just awful. But like, this, the editing of the fight scenes, where the idea in a fight scene is you have like you kind of cut between different shots and like you know wide wide shots and like kind of close ups to you know necessarily to illustrate the moves, but they don't actually match up most of the time. So like you'll kind of get into different shots and it's similarly the same thing, but they look like completely different things are happening. Mm-hmm. Like people have inappropriate expressions because the cuts came at the wrong place and they're reacting to in the wrong way to the wrong things. There are long awkward pauses between dialogue and like it's a really ugly film too. There's a, this massive purple filter all over everything, and it's full of bizarre camera angles and really unflattering extreme close-ups. It's a bit like Eternal but, Champions, isn't it? You know how like Eternal Champions, <laughs> yes, purple, purple. Colour scheme in that, yeah. It's like they, you watch, you played the wrong game, guys. You played the wrong. You're meant to play Mortal Kombat three. You've played you played Eternal Champions and made everything purple. So they should just call it Eternal Champions the movie plus Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's, maybe. it's like Eternal Champions, but with less green in it and much darker. But um, no, but the thing is, because the shots are composed so badly, and because there's no con- continuity to the composition, it makes everything feel more disjointed and fake. Like I'll give, you, I just kind of noted down an example. Even though there are many, many examples, mm. prime example. There's a scene where uh, Liu Kang goes to rescue Katana, who's being kept in a big bird cage, pretty mm. much like, uh, she, like it's being kept above the, the ground by all these chains. And Baraka swoops down to like, take a slice of him and then disappears. Mm-hmm. And then literally a full five seconds afterwards, Katana says, it's a trap, Lou. Leave. Yes. <laughs> it's a trap, Lou. Leave. Yeah. They, yeah. Five oh, seconds. Gosh. Yeah. Five yeah. seconds. Like five seconds after this. And then like Baraka is swinging down again. And when he's halfway down and almost on top of it, like Liu Kang, she says, up there. <laughs> it's just so what you're saying is, what you're saying is they've taken like different shots and not bothered trimming them before they put them together, right? Yeah, oh, like that sounds a bit like my that place. sounds a bit like my colleague there, Mr. Wallet, when he put together our little Evercade <laughs> video the other day. Adrian, you were meant to trim it, mate. To I'm trying to audition, I'm trying to audition for Mortal Kombat the third film. So you know that was my editing skills. You got it. Congrats, you've got the job. <laughs> yeah. Cut. Uh, Cut. Yeah, I mean, like, but the editing, I think, is the worst out of everything in the out of everything in the film which is saying a lot because none of the plot makes any sense whatsoever yeah. like i mean putting aside how nonsensical everything around it is why do Shao khan and his father chinook have completely different accents <laughs> like you know they have completely different accents <laughs> like the chinook is being played by this german actor and we'll get on to him in a sec because we're getting on get on to the casting <laughs> but like they have completely different accents and the, the dad is like once we control earth our power is absolute but why? They never explain why or what any of it means or like why. At the, end, at the end, Rob, spoiler alert, the, the dad dies, which is a bit sad. But he kind of turns into cubes. You see that? Like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yeah. Like, What's that it's, about? It's a bit Superman 2, but like. He yeah, gets they attacked. try and like, put him in a box, like, isn't it? Like, boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 boop. not like a Transformers. Boop, 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 boop. So he'd be living in a box. <laughs> um, in a Rob, you box. It's like the big fight at the end, though, or not? Uh, I will get on to that, yeah. But, like, uh, yes, the whole Sonya, Sonya mentioning Jax does this all the time. And it's like, what? Since when? Like, the other deities tell Raiden the only way the portal can be shut is if Katana reunites with Sindel, who's, like, dead and been resurrected and she's now evil. But why? 
Like, they never actually explain why. And then they say that in order to win, Raiden has to give up his immortality. But why? For some reason. <laughs> why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why does he have to do that to get back and, like, or, like hang out with them? And I don't know. Like, nothing is explained. And then after he, kind of, I guess he kind of agrees to that. But after that, like, he turns up and he's in ca- kind of casual clothes. And he has this horrible looking bleach blonde hair, like, oh short God. haircut. Oh, yeah, he's he looks like a he's haircut. Ca- yeah. He looks like he's in Heaven 17. Yeah, <laughs> he does. And he's like the guys from Head of Seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I realized a few minutes later that the reason they must have done that was they must have changed his look so James Omar resembles the stunt double who was doing all his fight scenes for him afterwards. There you go. Here's a question. Clever, Who's... clever, Rob. That is. Come on. Here's a question. I say it's a question because I know no one, no one will get the answer to this. But who is the stunt double in his first proper film role for uh, Raiden in this? I guess it's someone famous because otherwise you wouldn't ask us for some rando's name. Uh, yeah. Someone who would become incredibly famous only two years later. Uh, Chris Pratt. Nope. Think uh, uh, the other Chris. Much, think another horribly maligned big budget franchise film. Duh. You may have seen him on many lunchboxes. Many lunchboxes? Um. Come on, Adrian. Uh, what? Keith? Harvey, uh, Keith's the Superman guy. Keith, wake I'm up. I'm not asleep. I'm not asleep. Superman I'm just thinking guy. hard. <laughs> what year was this again? This was 1997. 1997. Who would be famous? Who would then become famous? 99. So 99. Yeah, when, when you say 99 and much maligned, I think episode one. Wait, yep. okay. Chris, um, What's his face? The guy that Christensen, plays... Chumbus, Hayden Christensen. No, he is Ray Park, who played Darth Maul. Oh! oh, Darth oh. Okay. oh. And also his Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe films, which I'm sure everyone has seen. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. God, no, thank God that's not a video game. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you'd quit. Dylan, you'd quit. You'd be like, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of it. I'm, I'm gone, mate. That would be me done. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to be honest, after this, I mean, one film is bad enough having to watch two of these. It's going to be a long, long time before we do Tekken. Yeah, no, Tekken is going to be House 2021. House of the Dead is next, isn't it? Yeah, I've still got that sitting on the shelf, uh, House of the Dead. Both of those Keith, can, can be 2021. Yeah, both Thanks. of those can be 2021. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, there's, enough, there's enough that's happened in 2020 that I don't have to want, I don't want to do another one of those again. <laughs> one of these again. Just, don't know. <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, like he's stunt double. But anyway, then it turns out like the legend of the portal being closed from Katana and Sindel reunite is just something Chinook made up. But then why would the elder deities go along with it if it was just something he made up? Because they tell Raiden. They tell him what, what to, he needs to yeah, happen. They tell him that's. Oh, God. Plot holes. Hey, you None guys, go for the ride. You know, it's supposed to be a fun film. It's just, it's so stupid. Like, and it's just. Oh, I hate. It's so irritating. The effects obviously are awful. Oh yeah, everyone is constantly doing somersaults like all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's and, a lot of jumping and a lot of like slow somersaulting, and yeah, it looks yeah, they're, bad. they're all slow motions. So they look really fake. According to IMDb, there are 54 flips in the film in an 85 <laughs> minute film. There's a lot of flips, yeah. But I, th- I, th- I think they kind of overcompensated for the first film's complete lack of flips. Mm. They were like, oh, well, you know, in the game, you, you jump quite a lot in the game, don't you? Mm. So they're like, oh, we've got to get more flips in. But man, do they look bad. <laughs> that's that's going to pull the ticket money in. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the flips. Guys, 54 <laughs> flips. Or however many <laughs> flips it was. We need to get them to do the jumping flips like they do in the game. Yeah. Up- yeah. There was about, there was about like, two yeah. uppercuts again. Like uppercut is like one of the main kind of moves in Mortal Kombat. There's about two in the whole film. 
No, flips. Yeah, concentrate on the flips. It's like the, uh, you know, the focus group in the Simpsons episode about the city and scratchy. <laughs> like, so you, you want a, a film with loads of flips and really purple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. This guy really likes jacks. <laughs> we must have one, more jacks played by a guy who's loves done jacks. Yeah, we, we must have jacks by a guy who has no acting ability or no <laughs> acting experience and no timing yeah. and let's chuck him in. Let's do it. They, they, they tried to get Michael Jai White. Yeah, they they tried, Rob. They tried, <laughs> right? And it, hey, he was good enough for spawn. He anyway, uh, for spawn. he would have been yeah. better. He would have been better than what's his face from Gladiators. Oh but... yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. But like Sinbad. Should have got Sinbad. Or like the fight the fights universally look terrible. None of the physics in the fights are keeping halfway believable. There's a fight between Raiden and the Evil Ninja where they keep doing spin kicks. They're like about eight feet away from each other, so it looks ridiculous. (laughs) They're like dancing. Yeah. My wife said they were looked like they were dancing. I'm like, oh yeah, it looks like spinny kick dancing. Ooh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing spinny kicks, but they aren't anywhere near each other. They just keep doing them. (laughs) (laughs) Dance off, bro. this, yeah, the sets are a bit hit and miss, but man, the CGI is absolutely appalling. <laughs> it might actually be the fi- the fakest looking CGI monsters I've ever seen, like a proper budget Hollywood movie. And you, I think you were talking about it earlier on, Dill. There's a whole CGI bit at the climax of the film which has to be seen to be believed. <laughs> yeah, like, <it's> like, right. <laughs> Luke Kang turns to a dragon, but like it's it's not really a dragon; it's like a black insect thing. <laughs> it looks disgusting, like maggoty, warty. It's got weird offices, you know, um, or, you know, I don't know what the word I'm thinking it of It should there, be a just... grand dragon, you know? Yeah, disgusting. But no, it just looked <laughs> rank. I just... It, it kind of looks like a jagged bug. Jagged Dragon? bug. I'm pretty sure Liu Kang didn't sign up to be a jagged freaking <laughs> bug. Yeah. It looked like an elongated, you know, the monster in Fly 2 right at the end. Oh, <laughs> it looked like that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just Brundlefly, yeah. just ugh, in the first, like the first one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not as good as Blundlefly. <laughs> nah, fly. The fly's great. Let's be honest. Anyway, and like, yeah, Shao Kahn also turns into a weird CGI monster, and it's, oh, it looks so bad. But I think possibly the worst bit effect in the entire film, or the most shameful one, is uh, right at the end when everything goes back to normal at the like at the end. They use <laughs> yeah. actual stock footage of famous cities. Like, they just kind of stock stick in stock footage. They oh, quickly faded, don't they? Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. But you can tell it's really old stock footage because of the film quality. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like for the nineteen eighties or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, they filmed off eighties films. Oh we like that. We take a picture of the Empire State Building, chuck it in. <laughs> It's like proper like old stock footage of the Golden Gate Bridge and the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, someone has someone has put most of that budget up their nose, haven't they? I mean, seriously, where did all that money go, man? This Not is Jean Claude Van Damme, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he he's visited them whilst you know. Hey guys, I've done Street Fighter. I'll be Johnny two. Cage. I've just done Street Fighter two. I have some of these. Oh yeah, I know a good dealer. <laughs> there goes your budget. Yeah. That is that is the question. Where did the budget go? Because it clearly wasn't on the effects. It wasn't on or anything. like or the script or the actors or embezzlement. Definitely somewhere. not the costumes because embezzlement. You know, a lot of the costumes like Jade Sandel's Ermac just looks like there's a hundred pounds left in the budget at the end, and they had to make do. Baraka, Baraka's mask. Baraka's Stallone. Mask. I think they hired Stallone after mm-hmm. budget went on him, and like just put him in a mask. He didn't. Stallone seconds. came to Jester's in South Croydon. <laughs> 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 you, that, we found it. We know where the money's gone, Rob. We discovered hey guys, it. Hey, guys, I can do Barack, <laughs> man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. 
I mean, it's not about yeah, how like, hard you scratch. It's about how hard you get scratched and keep moving forward. <laughs> and slay, slay, slay. And slay, slay, slay. Yeah, like the dialogue in the film, as you kind of said, is largely horrendous. Raiden speaks like some ancient deity one sentence, and the next sentence he's like asking Jax, what's the deal with your arms? Yeah. Like, definitely yeah. something an ancient deity would say. Yeah. <laughs> There's like... Arms are your biggest weakness. <laughs> Pretty much oh. everything Jack says is just so cringeworthy. No, I, I'm like, gonna. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm gonna defend Jack's quite a lot. I actually liked him as a character. I thought he's quite funny, and he I, bought I, some. I, I can tell Adrian's bad. drunk. I can tell Adrian's drunk. He would never say this. <laughs> He'd never say this when he was sober. Jeez. I just thought most everything he said was just really bad. Like this bit where he goes, "My skin is burning up, but I'm freezing inside. Feels like I'm being microwaved or something." <laughs> See, if Sinbad had delivered that, it might have been quite funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to kind of agree that Sinbad would have been better if he'd been willing to bulk up. But again, they wouldn't have been able to afford Sinbad. So no. it's kind of a moot point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, sh- like, one more thing. Shiva, um, the female Goro, interrupts Liu Kang's rescue for Tarana and says, Date's over. <laughs> yeah, that was oh. brilliant. It's <laughs> definitely something a four armed ogre from a death cult in another dimension would say. Sure. Date's over. Yeah. Oh, if we die, we die in battle together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the acting, mediocre to bad. Like, Brian Thompson as Shah Khan just looks, he looks awful, first of all. And yeah, like, has a fair few lines in the film and he bellows every single one. Mm. Like, Sonya's okay. Jack's, uh, as I say, is awful. The guy who plays Chinook is just some German nerd with a goatee who has no gravitas or muscle tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like, he's meant to be, like, the big bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought by far the best bit of this film by far was Sindel she was hugely entertaining every time she was on screen like yeah. I just love the way she delivered lines she has proper crazy eyes as well she's played by a South African actress called Musetta Vander mm. before this was best known for being an episode of Buffy where she played a substitute teacher who was actually a praying mantis in disguise and wanted to eat Xander nice <laughs> quite a memorable episode like I kind of looked up and went huh I remember that episode <laughs> Uh, but she went on to be a henchwoman in Wild Wild West. She was like the main henchwoman. <laughs> Wiki Wild Wild West. Who Kenneth Branagh leers at a bit when he's in the wheelchair and was one of the sirens in Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Mm. Here's go. a question. She's done good enough. She's meant to be uh, Katana's mother in this film, played by Talisa Soto. Mm. Um, what was the age gap between the actresses? <laughs> what? Three years. Yeah, I'm going to say about, yeah, four, I'll say four years then. Uh, Adrian's bang on, four years. <laughs> I said to again. I said to my wife. I said, "That's going to be her mum," and they're the same age. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, they are both like thousands of they're years old. They're meant to be like tens of thousands yeah. of years old, but you know, still, come on, come on, mm. vary up a little bit. No? I thought Evil Sindel was by far the best bit of this film. She should have been in far more. Yeah, yeah, she was pretty. The cool. screaming bit where all the like polystyrene stuff oh, like starts crumbling yeah. is. Was pretty hilarious. I mean, there are some <laughs> quite, there are some quite entertaining bits in it. I was like, "What is going on?" Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, all the bits with her were watchable. Everything else was very difficult to watch. I I would actually go with Dylan on this. I don't think it is. I don't think it does qualify as a, a so bad. It's a good film because it's, it's too boring and long. It just felt much longer than it actually was. I can. It was th- five I hours th- long, man. This is far <laughs> too long for a Hollywood movie. Five hours. Yeah. yeah, and so, also it's it's too samey, like the same things happening over and over again. Just could I thought it was bad. But Keith, now that you've mm. watched it, you should really totally watch it. <laughs> yeah, 
I'll, Keith, I'll, I'll I think quite... about it. You can rent it <laughs> on know, Amazon Prime. Yes, it's kind of infectious. Yeah. yeah. Like, he seems like he really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah but you, you can rent this on Amazon Prime. You can rent this on Amazon Prime. I paid £3 for that. I'm not going <laughs> to get that, that £3 I pay, because I'm I watched paying. it. I can't, go, I can't go to Amazon and say, hey, Amazon, can I have my £3 back? Because that was an you awful that, crock of... It might be the only film they say we'd give you a refund, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the episode of South Park where they go to Mel Gibson's house. To demand yeah, their money exactly. back for Passion of the Christ. <laughs> yeah. It would be uh, like that. Yeah. But, yep. So let's get on to reception. How do people think the reviews were? I checked it afterwards to make sure I wasn't going mad. So I know <laughs> about this. So the others can guess. It stunk out the place, the reviews. Yeah. Horrendous. Sure. Horrendous is literally the word I have on screen. Review- <laughs> literally, go. I've written here reviews were horrendous. <laughs> And it's currently ranked number 73 in IMDb's bottom 100. Mm. There's a Watch Mojo video, Watch Mojo being one of those um, basically like kind of viral videos, their lists of everything, mm. where they label it the single worst movie of the entire 1990s. Mm. Wow. And there's some bad uh, films in the 1990s. Yeah, there's got to be plenty of competition. Mm. Uh, it beat out films including Baby Geniuses. Mm. And, uh, well, you know the bad films of the 90s. I don't really need to go into detail. Double Dragon didn't even make the list. Oh. I would, watch, Fighter, I think, I would watch Double Dragon what? ten times over after this. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I said in the Double Dragon review, I think it's an underrated film. It's it's not that bad a film. Mm. Anyway, we've, we've anyway, had our say about that. But. Yeah, anyway, uh, we've kind of talked enough about how good or otherwise or Combat Annihilation is. Let's... Uh, yeah, um, let's go on to accept the box office. How do people think it did the box office? Mm. I think it was strong because people would have wanted to no. see it, wouldn't they? Uh, it actually did open quite strongly. It was no, number one at the US box office in its first week. <laughs> wow. But, um, but, but like, I think word of mouth spread pretty quickly because by its second week, takings had dropped nearly 60% and it was number <laughs> six. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Ended, up, ended up with a $51 million take worldwide less than half the first film and there are 35 million a 30 million budget that's definitely a loss i think mm. you're looking at um yeah so later movies or later attempts at movies the original idea is that there are going to be three films uh there's going to be mortal Kombat, mortal Kombat annihilation and mortal Kombat devastation mm. um robin shu apparently was signed on for the third one as were christopher christopher lambert and lyndon ashby Oh, the first Mortal Kombat film. They apparently, as according to the internet, had both actually signed off on a third, signed on to be in a third film. Mm. I have my doubts, but this is what the internet says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never the, wrong. Yeah. A guy called Mink. That's actually his name, Mink. Not even the capital letter, Mink. Uh, was signed on to direct. Um, he'd basically do a couple of really bad star vehicle action films in the mid two thousands. I think one was a Seagal film, and one with like was like one with Buster Rhymes and Exhibit. Gosh. Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he left the production or was replaced. I'm not really sure. And the guy called Russell Mulcahy came on board. Australian music video director, best known for doing Duran Duran videos 20 years before. So yeah, I mean, if that doesn't give you an idea of the standard <laughs> of what this film is going to be, uh, the, the script had basically been written by Larry Kasanoff, the producer, and Sean Catherine Derrick from Defenders of the Realm. The, the cartoon show. Mm-hmm. They're writing the script, and um, the story. They, the official story was that uh, it had been like p- p- development hell for a while, but 
production of the film was finally halted when all the film's sets were destroyed in Hurricane Katrina in mm. 2005. <laughs> so Hurricane Katrina has been a really devastating thing. It, it affected a lot of people, obviously, but... I knew did, this was coming. It did stop the production of the third Mortal Kombat film, so, you know... <laughs> Horses for courses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not quite that, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we can all agree that any kind of third uh, Mortal Kombat film would have been appalling. Uh, yeah, it, there was never a third Mortal Kombat film. There was, however, a live-action TV show mm. in 1998 called Mortal Kombat Conquest. Mm. Uh, it was set before the events of the first game. It was notable for, notable for Christiana Loken, best known for... Terminator 3. Terminator 3. Mm. Uh, the T, what model was that, Keith? GX, wasn't it? Was it? Okay. GX? I don't yeah. know. I've Not the Terminatrix. <laughs> yeah. No. Beautiful. Yeah. Terminatrix. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was in the main cast playing like a thief or something. This is four years before Terminator 3. Also, had Eva Mendez and Jamie Pressey in like uh, kind of smaller recurring roles. Hmm. Uh, played on TNT uh, um, for basically uh, right after WCW. Like WCW was oh, yeah. the needed show back when it was still pretty big, but kind of beginning its long downturn. Mm-hmm. But still, like a, a very big thing at the time, like 1998. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, people not a fan of the show. It was cancelled after one season. Yeah, it's a shame. It could be done well if they did it today with the sort of budget TV shows have. And they took real care in it, and they really thought about the plot carefully, and they got the actors right. It could be quite good, Mortal Kombat, a TV series, I think. Mm, I think, yeah, but it would have to be one TV series based around a tournament, not like not some kind of mm. not some long-winded kind of thing about like what <laughs> what the Shaolin monks were doing hundreds of years ago. I just yeah, yeah. cares. No one cares. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, there was nothing for a long, long time until 2010. Uh, when an eight-minute short called Mortal Kombat Rebirth appeared on YouTube, uh, where Michael Jai White played Jax at Ooh. last. Oh, yes. And Sonya Blade was played by Jerry Ryan, best known for... Uh, name rings a bell. She's in um, the Thingy Bob. Um, sci-fi thingy. <laughs> thing Bobs. I think you're thinking of uh, her being in... Uh, Star Trek Voyager as um, the Borg woman. Remind yeah. me what her name is. Borg the Borg. Seven of Nine. I just remembered it. Seven of Nine. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but no, that, that, she was best known for being on the cover of lots of lad mags in the late 90s. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, but no, she was seven of nine, and she's in seven. She's in the new Picard series as seven of nine again. Uh, she was Sonya Blade, and the likes of Baraka and Reptile are basically Batman villains. Like it was set on Earth, and they're kind of like crazy, like kind of gimmick criminals. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Appa- apparently, like it sounds terrible, but um, apparently, like uh, reception was promising enough that it actually became a fully fledged uh, YouTube TV series called. Or web series rather called Mortal Kombat Legacy, right. and played for two seasons with uh, those two, Michael J. White and Jerry Ryan, in the leads. Uh, like, I mean, there was a big turnover of cast between season one and two, so draw your own conclusions from that. Um, but Kerry Hiroyuki, Hiroyuki Tagawa 
from the first Mortal Kombat. Again, came back as Shang Tsung. Um, Casper Van Dien was Johnny Cage in the second series. Oh, wow. <laughs> from obviously uh, Arcade Attack favorite, Starship Troopers. Yeah. And of course, CP Hollow. <laughs> and another Arcade Attack, someone I hope will become a fully fledged Arcade Attack uh, like favorite, Mark DeCascos. Yay, Mark DeCascos. <laughs> Double Dragon was Kung Lao. Yes. Yeah, we yeah we like a bit double dragon. Uh, reviews seem to be mixed, but somewhat favourable. Mm. It doesn't sound good to me, but um, hey, like sevens, I guess. Yeah, seven. Out, it was. Um, I checked it on IMDb. It was seven out of ten, wasn't it? Seven something mm. out of ten. I'm thinking, hmm, might actually dig it out. I think that's another one that might be on Prime. I don't work for Amazon. I <laughs> Yeah. I mean, surely it should be on YouTube. It's a YouTube series. Why wouldn't it be on YouTube for free? I think they've probably monetized yeah. it, haven't they? So, Yeah, YouTube's got a weird premium thing now, so maybe it's under that or mm. something. Who knows? Yeah, I'd be surprised if that was still free on YouTube. Seeing as Prime, yeah. you can buy it on Prime. <laughs> Only three pounds. Oh, wait, that was, that was my favorite Mortal Kombat film. <laughs> oh, three quid. I'll never see that three quid again. <laughs> Anyway, coming straight up to date, there is actually a straight-to-DVD animated film called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge that was released in April this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. um, I didn't really recognize most of the cast. Kevin Michael Richardson is Goro in it, but <clears throat> probably the main name is Joel McHale from Community, plays Johnny Cage, which I think is pretty good. Vo- I mean, I haven't seen this, but it seems like it would be pretty good mm-hmm. voice acting. He's like kind of the cocky guy in yeah. Community, yeah. I think you'd actually do okay if you bulked up a bit uh, in a live-action thing. But anyway, uh, it's it's got an R rating, so proper like 18 for an animated okay. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, say animated movie, which probably means lots of violence and blood. And reviews have been pretty positive. It's sitting on 7.5 in IMDb and 89% on Rotten Tomatoes at time of recording. Mm. So maybe the best in the whole Mortal Kombat? Could be. We're not going to watch it. No, we're not going to watch it. <laughs> no. well, Unless you give Dylan three pounds <laughs> as a sweetener. Um, I will tell you what, I will have a quick look at it and keep. I'll update people in the future when I can be bothered as to whether it was watchable. <laughs> or, well, I'll be honest, how much I could get through. Yeah, yeah. But you say it's the best thing ever, but are you ready to be excited, Adrian? Yeah, go on. <laughs> There's a Mortal Kombat reboot film due to come out next year, coronavirus permitting. Are you excited? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I saw that on IMDb. I, didn't, I haven't looked at at all who the cast is, but I did see there's a new Mortal Kombat film coming out. So I was like, wow. Tell us more, well, Rob. I did have a look at the cast, and I've not heard of a single person in it, which is not encouraging. <laughs> but maybe it's because they're all proper martial arts people, so the fight mm. scenes will be pretty good. <clears throat> but uh, they're like it's co-produced by um, two people, one of which may make you excited. It's a guy called James Wan. Oh, nope. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he did like Saw and the Conjuring films and Insidious and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah he, he created Saw. And he like, directed Aquaman, didn't he? Yes, he created mm, Aquaman oh. and Furious 7. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, man, calm down. Deep breath. You're too excited. <laughs> <laughs> However, the other co-producer, get, get ready to be less excited, oh. <laughs> is a man called Todd Garner, who's produced some of the worst films of the last 20 years. Including, I, I didn't list all of them, I wasn't going to list all of them, but including both Triple X movies, both Paul, Paul Blart films, Zookeeper and Jack and Jill. Oh, oh my god. Talk words. about a murderer's row. Wow. <laughs> this could be his breakout film, though, Rob. This could be the time he, he's done. He says, This is it. I'm going to really make it now. I've learned from my mistakes. 
Mortal Kombat reboot is where I can finally create a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can show off my skills. This is my chance now. I mean, he's not actually, obviously he's not directing it. There's a director, but uh, he seems, interestingly enough, he seems to have no credits so far. And by no credits, I mean literally no <laughs> credits in any real film. I looked at, like, he's on IMDb, and I was like, well, I wonder what this guy has done. He's not done anything apart from a single short film that is, according to IMDb, one minute long and has no reviews. So I don't think it's a real film. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it right out. There's no way this film is going to be anything less than, oh, I'm going to say appalling. It might actually be worse than Annihilation. You might come back in a few years and apologize for saying that, Rob. I'm not going to apologize because it's a prediction based on what I've seen. Mm. But that's my gut feeling. If, hey, if I was wrong, I'll admit I was wrong. But apologize? Come on. <laughs> Rob never says sorry. Yeah. Todd Garner should apologize to me for uh, like, <laughs> making you watch some of a triple X film at one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically the Mortal Kombat um, film lineup. Uh, before we sign off, has anyone got any closing points? Uh, that's all I have to say. More Jacks, I think, personally. <laughs> a Jack spin-off film. <laughs> can you imagine how he got his robot arms? <laughs> what he used his robot arms for? I can crush cans. I'd watch that. Even the Jacks actor you love so much didn't want his robot arms at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. He had to learn that his arms were his biggest weakness. That's the big thing you can take away from this film. Your arm, Never use arms from now on. Don't use arms. Yeah, yeah. arms are bad. I think, as with other films, the big takeaway in this is if you're going to do this kind of film, you have to see Alien's cat in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, if you're going to do a film like this, it should be a proper fighting tournament, and all the fighters should be badass in their own way. It should genuinely be exciting. You should care who wins. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, when Johnny Cage died, I shed zero tears. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was pretty glad to see him kind of snuff it <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> You were clapping, Dylan. You were like, like, yes. Yes, it's going to get, it's going to be good now. And it didn't get, it got much worse, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think we can sign off by saying we're not in the golden age of retro video game movies yet, but hopefully in time we'll get there. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK at Keith Barlow 82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.